Yeah. On a show that talks about time traveling Bigfoot and alien sex cults. This is serious journalism, people. Serious. <laughs> this time, this is like, time we mean it. If you think that there are not birds that are not <laughs> real, you're a moron. I do have a superstition that Satan and his minions yes. interrupt mm. technological yes. connections when conversations are getting yes. particularly interesting or, or important. At this point, I'm not throwing these weirdos out because maybe they're telling the truth. Why does everything have to be a hidden conspiracy where the <laughs> motives aren't really clear? Where you can't tell what someone's intentions are from their words. Why, Abby, why? I, I feel like you're just not answering the question. It, there is a pattern here that is definitive. And mm -hmm. this leads us to the CEO's response, yeah. which is not the way that you Amazing. want to play being accused of in a conspiracy theory. Glowing metal things that are moving in impossible speeds and impossible directions, defying laws of physics, showing up over battlefields, showing up over important historical events for all of history. This is Chekhov's gun, you guys. Yeah. It's the gun that's been sitting on the mantelpiece since Act 1. It's Act 3 now. I'm waiting for it to go <clears throat> off. Hello and welcome to Conspiracy Pilled Season 3, Episode 7. I'm Abby Libby. I'm here with PJ Williams. How are you, PJ? I am doing very good. I'm excited about this episode. Excited to have you guys here. There's so many people that seem excited about this episode. We've been talking about this and been, been asked to do this, I think, since like the very beginning of the right. show. Uh, cause, yeah, because we started, let's see, we started the show last September. So it, by October, everybody's like, you're going to do the Vegas shooting. And we missed October and we're like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll come around. We'll catch it the next, <laughs> the next go around in October. Uh, so yeah, we're here and we're doing it. So we're uh, here. Yeah, we have we're arrived. Here. We have arrived. Uh, so quick shout out to all the people who have helped us arrive, uh, who are uh, supporting us over on locals, like real Ohio, Ashley, like, like Ohio's real and, and the just jacks who are our new monthly supporters. Aww. And then we have E Juderman and Rachel soup with yearly support over on locals. So if you guys want to get bonus unhinged content, go to conspiracypill.locals.com or download the locals app. And we also have Rockfin, and we have uh, Melissa Cassell join us over Ooh. on Rockfin. So nice. thank you guys for supporting the show. It's been awesome. Uh, and before we get into just an absolute insane amount of like a fire hose of information. Okay. Can I just say that? I got to no. say this. No. <laughs> when I, when we, when, when we were going to do this episode, my thought was, I remember this. If I recall, they just didn't like, like the victims were wrong. It was like, right. you know, they didn't want these, you know, red blooded, uh, country loving Americans, who are shot with guns, they're not going to be the ones speaking up about gun control. Right. So this doesn't help the gun control narrative. That's why the biggest single person shooting in, in United States history got swept under the rug. Right. And you know, I knew the multiple shooters theory and I knew some things like that. I didn't expect there to be much here. And instead, holy cow, I, I, I feel like I had to cut a lot of stuff for time because this episode's going to be long, oh but there's so much stuff here. Uh, so yeah, we'll get into that really quick update. Uh, YouTube. We had uh, our Marina Abramovich episode. Was that last week? <laughs> I feel like that was weeks ago. I think it was last yeah, week. Yeah, I think it was last week. <laughs> last, wow. <laughs> it's Two been years a week, ago, guys. Last week. Two years ago last week, we did an episode of Marina Abramovich. And the weirdest thing, and there's so much about this episode that's going to be about YouTube censorship specifically. Okay. Uh, but 
Marina Abramovich episode just disappeared off of YouTube. Be We've gone. never had this happen because what normally happens is we get a strike or we get a warning. Right. Or we have to appeal it. And I've never seen a video that we've uploaded, not just be shadow banned, not just be hidden from like public results, but on the back end in our YouTube studio, it's completely Erased. not there as if we never uploaded it ever. Gaslight um, <laughs> us about it. They're gaslighting us about it. And the reason I bring all this up is this is why we've always pushed uh, to be on rumble. Uh, for people to follow us on Rumble, there's at least at, at this point what four or five episodes of ours you just can't watch at all on YouTube. So yeah, um, that's something. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, I would say let's say this at some point tonight. If you are watching live, if you are on YouTube, we appreciate you guys. We've been noticing more and more people coming coming over to YouTube. We want you guys to come to Rumble where you can actually see the full show and where YouTube's not screwing us over. So we're going to be shutting off YouTube at some point in the night. Uh, so you guys can come over to rumble.com slash slash C slash conspiracy pilled. I guess the easy way to do it. Conspiracy pilled.com has all our links, whatever, whatever. Uh, but follow us there uh, because this one, I, if anything's getting deleted, like I say that and then sometimes they don't. I never know. I feel like this one, it has a high possibility <laughs> of getting deleted. Let's put it that way. Uh, but Marina Abramovich did in like the most gaslighty way I've ever seen <laughs> from YouTube. Um, speaking of gaslighting. Yeah, oh, <laughs> great. not a good transition. <laughs> That's a terrible transition. But obviously, there are some pretty significant things happening in the world, and we are definitely going to talk about them, just not tonight. So it'll be tomorrow night that we kind of dig into a conversation about Israel and Ukraine. And it, it's well, it's going to be like wars and rumors of wars type of a yeah. thing. So. Yeah, so uh, that's a good reason to join us live. Uh, again, we are able to stream live on on uh, Locals now. We'll be live on Rockfin tomorrow night as well. So join us for that. Um, I, I gave you my early thoughts, like pre-research yeah. thoughts on, on this. What were your thoughts on the whole 2017 Vegas shooting before I just shoot them all down? <laughs> I barely shoot him. Shoot him. I see what you, I see what you did. Oh, that was there. a bad. That was not. That I didn't actually. Bad. That was unintentional. And now I feel like just too soon. <laughs> I was like the va first of all I was I was thinking that is not a shooting I have kept in my head kept the name of in my head as like that's something I, I you know I think I keep Uvalde in my head right I keep I keep things that registered as something strange at the time in my head and it just didn't um and then there's a like, reason for that though yeah because and I was like is that the one with the Jason <clears throat> Aldean concert and you were like yeah and that's it. That's all I ever thought was that they just didn't care because it was country music fans. Originally, a lot of people were calling it the Route 91 massacre, which does have a staying power as far as branding name, and names yeah. go. Right. Hmm. And Lombardo, the 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 chief of police, uh, changed it to to one October. He will only ever call it one October. And a lot of people are like, why? Like everybody's calling it the Route 91 massacre or the Mandalay Bay massacre, something that will like stick in people's heads. There's a very intentional cover up from the very beginning. That is the most clear of, of all things about this is like, I'm not even going to say that I have figured out what exactly they're covering up. We'll get into theories at the end, but the cover up is clear. Uh, and I just want to point this out that uh, even the mainstream media, like originally, was asking questions and and saying this doesn't make sense. There's an article here from the Washington Times that says the Las Vegas massacre narrative has more holes than a Mandalay Bay hotel hallway, what? which is quite headline. a headline, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But uh, you you remember Sandy Hook, right? Like that's a, that's a name everybody remembers. Yeah. There was a 1500 page report on what happened in Sandy Hook. And Sandy Hook was fairly, again, if you, if you're going by the narrative and we don't have to get into the conspiracies around Sandy Hook, but it was a fairly straightforward thing, right? Yeah. We knew, you know, who did it, when, how, like all of the things were known right away. Right. Like the whole, the narrative was clear, right? The narrative was clear from the beginning. Well, again, it's not like whether you believe the narrative is, is true or not is a different story, Right. but the narrative was clear from day one and it was a very simple story. It had a 1500 page report. Do you want to take a guess at what the six month later report from the Las Vegas PD was in length? A small, I can't, you told me it was three. I know, I know. (laughs) I was, I was hoping you'd go along with it. It's three pages, guys, three pages, six months later, they have a three page report that you can just look at on. Here it is. Here's three pages. That's it. That's their that's the report after six months of investigation. Wow. Boils down to three pages of nothing. Uh, but, you know, obvi- and here's what's even weirder, right? Is like, I've been listening to a lot of at the time reporting. I've been, uh, podcast is actually the best way to do this because all the stuff on the internet's been scrubbed. But there's old podcasts where people are talking about the stories on the internet, mm. or there's old bit shoot videos or rumble videos that are talking about old stuff on the internet, and they are showing the articles and talking about the articles mm-hmm. and reading the articles that even if you type in the exact name of the article, the author and who wrote it, you will not find. Wow. So I will show you as much as I can. I had to screenshot other people's videos for some of this for articles that are no Holy longer on the internet. Crap. So it's very covered up stuff. But there was articles at the time saying three pages. What the hell is this? And people were outraged. None yeah. of those articles exist that I could find anymore. I could find screenshots of the articles uh, on videos, but people were outraged. And then after a year, uh, there was a 187 page report. And this is not really even a report on an investigation. This is a after action report. Hmm. And all it's doing is saying the L the LVPD did a, such a wonderful job. Pat ourselves on the back. Look how great we are, but you know, we can always improve. And they, <laughs> that's what it was. It was just an after action report of like, this is what we did. Wonderful. This is what we can improve on next time. Great job guys. Uh, no motive is given. No answers are given minimal investigation in this 187 page report. That's just, that's just how they left it again after a year. And then um, let's just, well, we'll talk about it. Let's get into the facts of the case that were presented. Yeah, get into the facts, and we'll, DJ. <laughs> so I found this on one of the videos and I find these interesting facts because I'm going to talk about every one of these. And there's only one of them that I kind of disagree with on here. So okay. uh, Las Vegas shooting took place October 1st, 2017. In it, 58 people were killed, and I think two people died later, so 60 people total. And okay. some some people are saying it's 59 plus Stephen Paddock. I don't know why everybody's got a different number, but 58 died that night. 413 were wounded by gunfire, and many other, many hundreds others were injured in, like, stampedes and trampling and gotcha. scrapes and bruises and stuff like that, right? There was no motive found, and then point number two, it says there was no gunshot residue found on Paddock, which we'll talk... Well, I'll just, I'll just say it here, like... There, this one's weird because the autopsy that eventually came out does not show gunshot residue on paddock, but it's also mm-hmm. because they didn't test for it. So I'm not saying it's like a smoking gun, but it is uh, weird. They didn't test to see gun. if he you shot a gun. Stop. You got to stop with these <laughs> terrible puns. I'm not even trying. Uh, it's just, it's just, <laughs> they're falling into my favor. Uh, <laughs> 
There was no forensic link between any weapons and any victims. They never tested the ballistics to make sure that the weapons in Stephen Paddock's room shot anybody. That is true. Uh, Paddock's chest wound was omitted from the autopsy. We'll talk about that more later. Uh, no evidence that the window in 32135 was broken. He had two rooms, 32135 and 32134. Uh-huh. We'll get into the window stuff. Again, I'm going to be able to prove all of this stuff. It's really insane. Uh, Brett Brosnahan uh, body cam footage was missing. Corey Mikkelsen's body cam footage was missing. The case was closed August 3rd, 2018, less than a year later. And the FBI closed their case January 29th, 2019. Huh. So pretty, pretty weird stuff. And even weirder than that is this thing fell out of the media coverage so fast. Here is an article from Daniel Ness that says, here's how quickly cable news lost interest in the Las Vegas mass shooting. And by the 10th, it had almost dropped off by the end of the month. Nobody was talking about this on mainstream media. There's articles being written, but cable news did not talk about this. Did something else happen that was big that took over or it did it just no, I don't think so. I think this okay. just well, there's reasons why I think it dropped off. Gotcha. But yeah, no, it but let, let's 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 say that it did though. Like there's, you know, we have a 24-hour news cycle. There's always a bigger better news story. That mm-hmm. has never in my lifetime been the case with a mass shooting. Right. Uh, we heard about Sandy Hook for y- years and years and years. I mean, they had a trial about it last year. Like it just never dropped off. Hmm. Um, I, and I shouldn't say never dropped off, but you know what I mean? They really yeah, like they keep lingered talking about on that. They yeah. still talk about Columbine. They still make documentaries on Columbine. Uh, no one's saying yeah. Columbine. Wait, what, what shooting was that? No Sandy one's Hook. saying Sandy Hook. What shooting was that? But but I'm like, yeah. Vegas, is that is that the one that I vaguely remember? Like it doesn't have the same name recognition. No, no. And I really think that Lombardo tried to make sure that it didn't like just calling it one October. Um, but yeah, no, it, it just dropped off. And some people in the media noticed this, some articles written about it. Why is the mainstream media not talking about this? And then it seems like they kind of fell in line after that. Now, I think most of those articles to be fair were uh, opinion pieces and not like, sure. fr- yeah, because it seemed like there's a pretty clear directive from the top down in, in all of media to like shut up about <laughs> this thing. Interesting. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, and again, I'll, I'll refresh you guys as we go along in the facts of the case and, and things like that. But the story was that Stephen Paddock took the number on this kept changing. The best number I think I found was 24 and I'll have a, a slide for it later, a video about this later. Some articles, some reporters were saying 33. Originally it was 10 or 15. The number kept changing on how many guns he had in his room, but supposedly Stephen Paddock took 24 ish guns into his room plus a revolver, uh, which is still a gun, but I mean, they were all like ARs with bump stocks plus a revolver and he broke two windows in his ma- in the Mandalay Bay hotel one in room 32-135 and one in room 32-134. And he shot into a crowd of 22,000 people for about 10 minutes. And that's how he killed 58 and injured 400 and some others. Okay. Uh, Always by himself. No one ever helped him. There's never two shooters. And it took him over an hour to break into this guy's hotel room and and deal with it, right? So that's like kind of the official story. Um, and we'll get into the timeline in a minute, but I want to talk about Stephen Paddock. So Stephen Paddock, the supposed lone shooter of this whole thing has a weird background and I'm not going to focus on him as much in this episode as other people do. Cause I'll say this up front. I think he's a patsy. I, I 
highly doubt he shot anybody. And that's not me making excuses for a horrible person, but the evidence kind of leads towards a, that he didn't, Okay. Uh, which sounds crazy, but he, just hear me out. So, <laughs> cause I'm not trying I really, I don't want to come across like I'm excusing a, a madman or an evil person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so Stephen Paddock's dad, Benjamin Paddock is what a lot of the news articles starting pointing to started pointing to. This is actually how they said that they could tell. This is how the LVPD said they knew that Stephen Paddock wanted to go out in a blaze of glory, killing as many people as possible because he never left the manifesto. He never had any indications. He never wrote any anti-government stuff on the Internet or did it. There's no zero. And I mean, zero indication anywhere at all that this guy was going to become a mass shooter. You know how the story is always he was known to the FBI, right? He was no he was known to the FBI uh, 58 times. They went and visited this kid uh, and he even put on 4chan that he was going to shoot up a school, but the FBI did nothing about it. I think that was Sandy Hook, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Or, so or park. That's what you normally hear with Stephen Paddock. Okay. None of this. Nothing. Got nothing. It. So what they point to is they say, well, his dad was a criminal and therefore we know that Stephen Paddock wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. What? I am not making that up. Oh if you read what Lombardo says, it comes down to that. What kind of criminal is his dad? Well, that's what we'll talk about. So he's convicted okay. of bank robbery in 1961 mm-hmm. and he escaped prison in 1968. He was put on the FBI's most wanted list in 1969, and he holds the record for being on the FBI's most wanted list the longest, <laughs> which is weird because so they- normally it's like six months and you get dropped off the FBI's most wanted list. And he was on it for 10 years or eight years or something. So they got revenge on him by by getting his son. No. It's worse. So <laughs> in September 1977, he applied for it and was granted a license to open a bingo parlor. And at this time, when he was applying for a license, he was investigated by the Springfield police and the state attorney general and both failed to uncover that he was an escaped prisoner. (laughs) So he was then later on, for some other reason, captured and arrested in in September of 1978. So a year after they didn't catch this on a background check. Okay, he's then let off on parole. What? This is a guy who robbed banks, a lot of banks, and Uh he was a con man. He Uh finally got caught in 61 for robbing banks. He uh-huh. spent seven years in prison, broke out for 10 years, was on the FBI's most wanted list, finally goes back and they just let him off on parole. Then he's arrested again in 1987 on seven racketeering charges. He faces zero jail time and all he has to do is pay a hundred thousand dollar fine, which is probably less than the money he was stealing. So this is a guy, the, the reason I bring this up is this is a guy who most obviously clearly was an FBI informant or snitch or something. They gave him some type of plea deal to not go back to prison. There's no way that this guy on the FBI's most wanted list yeah. doesn't face prison time, even Holy if he's breaking crap. the law again. Right? I'm yeah. So, 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 there, so, so the reason, yeah, my point is there is some FBI connections to his family from an early age, right? His dad seems to have been an informant of some type. Okay. And uh, side note, he was this really nerdy, weird looking bald guy. They just called him Chrome Dome, which I found. (laughs) His criminal nickname was Chrome Dome. Chrome Dome. (laughs) So Stephen Paddock himself had worked for the government most of his life. He was a post office employee. He then worked for the IRS and then he worked for the company that would become Lockheed Martin. Uh So he's got uh some DOD connections. It seems got uh, got it. He then leaves Lockheed Martin and he starts buying 
properties in California and flipping them and making a ton or I don't know, flipping them, but he was making a ton of money off of properties in California. And supposedly one of his properties, an apartment complex was bringing him in about $500,000 a year. Okay. From there, he becomes a professional video poker player. Um, don't vax me with a $10 rumble rant says FBI being sus. That's new. That's new. Brand new. Totally new. Never heard Never of that heard before. Of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he becomes a professional video poker player. Okay. And according to his, according to that 187 page report that I, again, I said had almost no actual investigation in it other than a few things in like Stephen Paddock's family and his bank accounts and things like that. They say that he made nearly $95,000 a year in firearms related purchases. And the reason I bring all of this up is because it's very hard to believe that you can become a professional video poker player. Now I watched, I know I watched a lot of videos online uh -huh. of people saying you can, you can make money as a professional video poker player. Maybe if you're really good at it up to $200,000 a year, because it's not, it's a rigged game. It's like slot machines. You mm -hmm. might be the person to walk in and hit that slot machine when it's hot, right? But the slot machine is going to make sure that it overall is bringing in money, right? Which means most of the time you're losing one guy wins a little bit. He feels good enough to come back and then he'll be the guy losing it next time. But right. they're not putting in video machines to lose money, right? It's right. not like real poker. It's you against a machine. So there are people who are saying there's a 1%, uh, you know, advantage that you get over the house on video poker. It's not quite like uh, slot machines. You could win, you could make money. And if you're really good and you really know what you're doing, you can maybe make $190,000 a year. This guy, according to his family, is millions of dollars a year. He's going and dropping millions of dollars on video poker just to get comps, just to get free rooms, just to get free things from the hotel, right? Yeah. None of this sounds real. And the reason it doesn't sound real, I think Ann Coulter got it exactly right. I want to read this from AnnCoulter.com. She says, now the media are just taunting us with their tall tales about Stephen Paddock, the alleged Las Vegas shooter reportedly a reputedly serious news organizations are claiming that he made a living playing video poker. That's like claiming someone made a living smoking crack. <laughs> the media are either doing PR for the gambling industry or they don't want anyone considering the possibility that Paddock was using gambling to launder money. Ah, uh. NBC news reports with a straight face. Las Vegas gunman earned millions as a gambler. A Los Angeles times article headlined in the solitary world of video poker. Stephen Paddock knew how to win. The story says that Paddock's gambling was at least a steady income over a period of Makes years. No I don't know the ins and outs of Paddock's life, but that's a lie. Said no one about gambling ever. <clears throat> what said what about gambling? Income. Yeah, yeah right. it was a steady <laughs> there are people who make, you know, like poker players and stuff like that. Sure. Right? But this guy's a video poker player, <laughs> which makes me believe again, his brothers say they made him rich. Like he, uh, there's tons of money, bank account transactions showing he was bringing in lots of money. Huh. Um, but he's also dropping million dollars uh, a night sometimes to get comp from the hotel. Like this, this is money laundering is my point. I think this guy is laundering money. Gotcha. And, <clears throat> and, uh, that brings in his his girlfriend at the time, Mary Lou Danley. Okay. And she was in the Philippines on October 1st when this shooting went down. And there's lots of different stories about this. But she says she thinks she thought he was breaking up with her is one of the excuses she gives because 
He sent her, is there someone shouting outside your window? Yeah. <laughs> he sent her two wire, two wires of $50,000 a, 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 a time in okay. one week before the in shooting. one week. Yeah, yeah. So huh. he sent her $100,000 in two transactions. Okay. And she deleted her Facebook account two hours after the shooting took place, but an hour before the media knew it was Stephen Paddock and or told the public that it was Stephen Paddock. So in the middle of the shooting, she decides deleting her Facebook is a really good idea, which is interesting. So she had no reason to know that it was him. Unless uh, she no knew text messages. There's no, no, well, there is weird text messages, but it's going to okay. support. I think it, they support what I'm saying a little bit okay. more than that. He, she, yeah. So she also told the media or the police or whoever that her fingerprints were going to be found on some of the bullets in this hotel room. Uh, which is which is interesting because she what she said is that she would load magazines with them that they like to go out and shoot and that she would load magazines with them. Okay. Now there's a lot of weirdness around this because no one in the Las Vegas area at any gun range or in any of the gun clubs or the people who go out into the desert and shoot no Stephen Paddock. He's not a regular gun guy, right? Uh huh. According to anybody, According except to anybody. for the week before the shooting, he went to a public parking lot to buy a gun and got into a fight with someone, and that's the only recollection of this guy like a verbal argument with a huh. guy this is the only like recollection of any of him being in the gun community in las vegas right well, yeah and there's also like these weird stories about him meeting with people like these two guys that looked like feds and talking about weird yeah. stuff so th there's some of that going on but i couldn't verify any of it so i'm just kind of bringing up some of the the rumor mill okay. but uh they had they had these weird emails uh, between him and his girlfriend. It depends on which article you read. At first, they were saying he was emailing himself, and they realized that he was emailing Mary Lou Daniels, but they don't make any sense. So th this is the emails. Central Park, these were in-court uh, documents. This is not, you know, rumor mill stuff. This is real. So Central Park 1 at live.com sent an email to Central Park 4804 at gmail.com, which read, try an AR before you buy. We have a huge selection located in the Vegas area. Which is a normal email you send to your girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then later that day, he received an email back from that email address that read, we have a wide variety of optics and ammunition to try. And lastly, there was an email that read, for a thrill, try out bump fire ARs with 100 round magazines. Huh. Who emails like this? That is, it sounds like like marketing emails. That's the point, right? Is I actually think what that's, I think that they were sending each other back and forth emails, trying to come up with like, how do we want to market our, our guns to people? Oh, because all of a sudden he's buying a ton of guns, like yeah. tons and tons and tons of guns, like right? He was going to sell them and he seems to be into money laundering is what it looks like. Okay, so there is a, like, if, if you put the pieces together, if this guy is buying and selling guns and yeah. laundering money, and his girlfriend is part of this and she's helping him load magazines and meeting with people in the desert to test out their ARs that they're selling to them, right? This this starts to, the picture starts to come together, right? Like she's like, yeah, my, my fingerprints are on the ammunition. We're emailing each other with taglines about how we're going to sell guns. Right. That's all. That's the only way you can read that is taglines right. about selling firearms. Yeah. And then he's making millions at video poker. Mm -hmm. The guys, I, I just, I... There's, 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 it's scant evidence, but my point is all of it points into a picture mm -hmm. of this guy being a gun runner right? And, and possibly a gun runner for the, for the feds, which is how he was known to them. Cause he seems to have worked for the government for a long time. And his dad 
seems like it. Yeah, like there's a, there's at least a possibility, right? And it would also explain why he had 24 rifles in his yeah. hotel room if he was there to meet with someone for a gun transaction. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that all kind of comes together. So 24 rifles and then his own <clears throat> his own I don't yeah, piece? well. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. I think the revolver's a red herring, but we'll we'll Is talk it? about okay. that. We'll talk about it in a little bit. So, <clears throat> talking about the rooms that he's in, he he he's at this hotel. He's at the Mandalay Bay Casino and Resort in, in Vegas, and he gets room thirty two one thirty five comp to him because he's lo- he goes and loses a million dollars at video poker and gets a room comp to him. Then thirty two one thirty four is comped to Mary Lou Daniels, who he had her credit card for some reason, but anyway. Uh, was found in his room, right? Okay. So he's got one room comp to him, another one comp to his girlfriend, or I think his business partner in the whole gun mm-hmm. thing. But room service records are even weirder. So room service shows multiple meals. And she, Mary Lou Daniels not with him. He got it comped in her name. She's never with him. She's back. He right. sends her back to the Philippines, right? Okay. Like she's in a completely different country. Completely different country. Can prove it. Okay. Multiple meals are delivered to the room at the same time. And some people will be like, he's, he's a hungry guy who wouldn't order out. You know, he's got millions of dollars. He's just ordering all the food he wants. This is a lot. But he's ordering things with like different drinks, which makes me think that's not a, a one person thing. You don't right. order a meal with a Sprite and a meal with a Coke and a meal with water. That's not something people normally do. Right. But that's what's happening. Right. And it's happening the entire time he's at the Mandalay Bay. And even weirder than that, just further proof is that there are five key cards made for this room and it's later leaked because the Las Vegas PD was sued for information many, many, many times for things that were hiding that there were three other females registered to the room with him. And all we know because their last names are redacted is that there that is that there's Joanna, Lori and Katie. Okay. So is it is it prostitutes? Is it is he getting honey potted? Is it you know what what is it? We don't know Those because don't the L the, the Las Vegas PD won't tell us who these women are. They don't sound like prostitute names. So do you have to get your key card to, to go for it? I don't know. Oh, what were you going to ask about the key cards? Like the, they definitely don't sound like prostitute names. But do you have to get a key card in your name that's on your license? I have no, I, I don't know, maybe, um, but you're right. You think it'd be like candy and right. you know, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> According to this one article, I'm going to bring this up because I know people will be like, you, you didn't, you didn't bring this up in this whole angle. And the reason I wasn't going to bring it up is because I don't believe in it at all. And I'll show you why, Okay. but I'm going to bring it up anyway. So <laughs> the, the article here from uh, the people's voice TV says MK ultra Steven Paddock said CIA could hack his brain and take over. And in this article, it goes on to say that they got this information from Katie, one of the prostitutes that was staying in the room with him. And I clicked through all of the links to like where this is coming from. It's coming from another site. And let me just put it this way. If it's true, the quote unquote text messages they have are very bad photoshops. So, and they're obviously not screenshots they're like recreations and they're coming from an anonymous source from another anonymous source and if you follow the rabbit hole it just becomes less and less and less believable all the time i'm gonna say this about the people's voice uh on this because there's a lot of articles i'm gonna bring up from them every time i bring up an article from them i fact checked it if i'm going to use that 
by other sources. Right. This right. one, I fact-checked it through Rover, which is where it comes from, which was even less credible, and it was just a lot of hearsay and rumors that he was texting this prostitute uh, that was staying in the room with them, and, and she went missing. It could all be true, but it's just so unreliable of of uh, a thing. So right. the people's voice has the reason. The reason I use them is some of the reporting is spot on. It's great. You can fa- you can back it up. You can verify it. Yeah. And even in some of the articles that are spot on and great and wonderful, like there's parts in it that are just totally bunk. Like obviously not true stuff. Right. right? And like we 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 love finding we don't <laughs> love finding, but like we find MK we we have no reason to to want to disprove an MK Ultra. Oh, MK Ultra is very real. Very interesting. His mom was left alone with four boys when his dad was a bank robber who made a deal with the FBI. There's plenty there to suggest he could have been an MK Ultra right. sleeper agent. I'm just saying this particular story about Katie and the MK Ultra text messages. There's just doesn't I don't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. I'm not. He could have been. He could have been a deep government asset from from a child, right? He could have been project monarch for all we know. Mm. This is just not a credible link to uh, it. It goes nowhere. It goes into anonymous sources and obviously really um, conflicting bads. You know, if, if, if there was at least a screenshot, if they would have been like, if they would have at least faked a text message and screenshot it, I'd be, I'd find it a little more believable. Yeah, but there's not even that. So didn't even bother. And there's other reasons I'm going to say I don't think this was an MK Ultra thing. Yeah, but I had to bring up the MK Ultra angle and just the fact that the only time we ever get any word on who one of these three women might, might be, it comes from this source, and right. that's why I, I I will just say now I don't I don't know. I think more than likely they were not normal prostitutes; that they were government prostitutes, mm. as in they were honeypotting this guy. Gotcha. Uh, would be would be my guess. So the next thing we have is uh, that motherfucker is not real. Ooh. No, I, like you, you remember the plane lady. Yeah. <laughs> and I call her that because I don't I don't believe that that woman is her. Um, <laughs> we had we had a couple of these instances. We had two instances of people being warned this was going to happen. Okay. And the first one comes from 4chan. And I'm classic. just going <laughs> to classic classic. I'm going to show this um, article from Snopes because this is, I find this interesting. So it says did an anonymous 4chan user predict the Las Vegas shooting three weeks in advance. And if you scroll down, it's you know unproven. They, they give their whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. But here here it's interesting. It says according to an alleged screenshot and archive of this comment, which is a really weird sentence to say alleged screenshot. Oh, and, and it's archived. archived. Yeah. Why use alleged? Yeah. It's archived. According to the archive. According to the archive that proves this was written in September. <laughs> but they that's my point. It's like they're, you know. Anyway, so this is this is the this is what the user wrote on 4chan. It says, look, I feel bad for some of you on this website, so I'll be I'll let you in on a little secret. If you live in Las Vegas or Henderson, stay inside tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. Uh, there are large groups of people. Also, if you see three black vans parked next to each other, immediately leave the area. You're welcome, John. Then another post. It's called the High Incident Project. They want to make the American public think that places with extremely high security aren't safe. They're trying to create more regulations. You will see laws proposed in the next few years to put up more metal detectors and other security devices. Media and politicians will be saying places with lots of police need even more police. I can't guarantee anything will happen tomorrow. But Las Vegas is on their minds, John. 
Another one. If their plan is successful, state of Nevada will pass a law in the future, making all casinos have mandatory metal detectors and backscatter machines. Soon after a federal law will be passed to put those machines in universities, high schools, federal buildings, you name it. OSI systems and Chertoff are the main producers of these machines. Sometime around 2020 Chertoff and OSI will merge into a single company after they will merge. The owners will sell off all their stock and make billions in profit. Mr. Chertoff has been in contact with the Sheldon with Sheldon um, Adelson. Mr. Adelson will become a huge sponsor of these machines and he will be the first to put them in his casinos when the law passes. This is my last message for now. Don't expect me to return anytime soon. John. This is so weird. Don't vax me. He's like, OMG. It's Q. <laughs> confirmed. Q confirmed, right? Yeah. yeah. So oh my God. all that the four, all, all that Snopes says is it's alleged that this took place. Here's the archives. And it's not very specific because it's written in September. I, you have to say this is weird, though, right? He's saying it might not be tomorrow, but they are. They have their mind on Vegas for a high casualty event in a, less than a month. Actually, only a few weeks. Three weeks is what it says. Three mm-hmm. weeks before the event. So worth keeping in mind. And what he some of his claims we're going to come back to at the end. Mm-hmm. There was also a woman at the concert about 45 minutes before the shooting started that was warning people that they were all going to die. So this is our um, Tiffany Gomez moment. There's a lady who pushed her way forward into the concert venue into the first row, and she started messing with another lady and told us that we are all going to die tonight. Do you know why she was saying that? I mean, was this after gosh, the shots were fired? Or? It was about 45 minutes before the shots were actually fired, but then she was escorted out by security. So 45 minutes before <laughs> shots are fired, what? a woman's <laughs> that motherfucker is not real. <laughs> you can, can stay, stay if you want to listen to Jason LD to die. If you want to, <laughs> yeah, I'm right. getting off this plane. Yeah. 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 Wow. <clears throat> so another final destination moment, Whew. which makes me feel like that movie is really I, have you ever seen those movies, Final nope. Destinations? In every one of them, somebody has one of these premonitions. Like, we're all going to die, and nobody listens to them, and everybody dies. And then a few people Classic. listen to them. A few people <laughs> listen to them. They get they don't die, but death really, really is hungry for their souls, so it, like, finds ways to kill them. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's huh. interesting stuff. But it seems that like this also, happens. Huh, yeah. More sure often. that's going to come up later. <laughs> more often than you think. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into... So the next thing I want to talk about is the three official timelines. Notice I said three official timelines given by the Las Vegas Police Department. Okay. Uh, But before we get into the ever-shifting timeline of events, I want to tell you guys about Healthy Cell. So Healthy (laughs) Cell is based... Healthy Cell is based on the simple idea that the nutrients you need to be absorbed into the bloodstream and then into the cells to work to improve your health. That's why Healthy Cell has patented their uh, micro-gel technology. It basically makes it... So that way your cell wall can take in these vitamins. You're not just wasting tons of it. Like a lot of vitamins you take, you're really not getting a whole lot from it. Uh, mm-hmm. These come in these tiny little packs of, of gel. You can drink. I just drink them. Some people put them in like shakes or, or things like that. Um, but uh, they come with a multivitamin. They come with one that helps with REM sleep. They come with one that's that I like. That's called focus and recall. And I saw that uh, recently they added this one called vegan essentials. And it says the essential one a day multivitamin for plant-based diets. It's a broad spectrum of essential vitamins, minerals, 
and other vital nutrients that you need uh, if you are on a vegan diet. So to kind of supplement the, your diet, because you should be eating meat, you weirdos. But yeah. if you're not... Get healthy cell. <laughs> then, then get healthy cell. Go over to healthycell.com. Use code conspiracy <laughs> to get 20% off and then still go buy a steak because it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> What's wrong? So, with you? What is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we just lost half our audience. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if we have you know what? It's just a constant pruning of our audience from we day one. We're never one. gonna compromise who we are to make you guys happy. <laughs> yeah, we'll sell we'll sell you vegan stuff. We're just gonna make fun of you the whole time. So use our code. Use, use our, our code to to be a weirdo vegan you know, creep. <laughs> All right. Or you know, one of the normal ones. <laughs> or one of the normal ones. All right, so let's talk about uh, the three official timelines that were proposed from October 2nd to October 13th by the uh, Las Vegas PD. So this is the original timeline events that was given out by the police on October 2nd, and it goes like this. At 10.05 p.m., Stephen Paddock fires his first shots on the crowd as seen on CCTV. So that's the one thing that everybody agrees with because there's tons of people and cameras and can't CCTV really, and yeah. can't really hide <laughs> that uh, the shots... Well, kind of. We're, we'll talk about that hmm. later, but the automatic fire started at 10.05. Let's put it that way. Okay. The automatic fire into the crowd started at 10.05. At 10.12, the first two officers arrive on the 31st floor and announce gunfire is coming from directly above them. At 10.14, the guard Jesus Campos approaches Paddock's room and is shot, but only injured. One of the things that's weird about this that I just could never quite place is on the radio. He says, I think I was shot by a BB gun. What? Which I've never been able to understand, like how the mind went there. Because the story, it seemed like it was one shot in like older reporting, and then it was like thirty-two shots, like a like right through the door at him, and one just like hit his leg. But the weird, he calls in and says, "I think I was shot by a BB gun," which makes no freaking sense. Anyway, uh, his not story's a, not going to make thing. any sense. His story's not going to make any sense. That's not a thing that a, a Los Angeles cop. No, he's I'm not sorry, a cop. Los he's a he's a guard. Yeah, Nevada guard. Oh, okay. He's a hotel check on if the doors are shut kind That's of guard. So weird. Okay. Not armed. At ten fifteen, the last shots are fired from the suspect per body cam due to Compost's intervention. That's an important thing. They say Compost got there, was shot in the leg, and a minute later, he's like pounding on the door, like I'm going to come in there. And I'm going to teach you a thing. And he stopped shooting, right? Like that's the, I don't know, whatever. Okay. Stupid, stupid timeline. First two officers arrive on 32nd floor at 1017. At 1018, Compost tells the cops he was shot and gives them the exact location of the suspect's room. 1026 to 1030 with Paddock quiet. Eight additional cops arrive and they decide to evacuate the rooms on the floor. Wait, he wants to go out in a blaze of glory. This is what they said. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not going to go out in a blaze of glory by firing until the last possible moment. He's just going to stop shooting. Mm -hmm. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Got it. Right. They all. Mm, yeah. We'll get into that more, but it doesn't make sense. He had a getaway vehicle too, which was a huge part of them selling part of this narrative. So their yeah, narrative, not... their narrative is going to contradict itself so freaking much. It's Got not it. funny. Um, at 1055, eight officers arrive in the stairwell next to the suspect's room and find the door tampered with and a camera at the room service cart. They decide to hold off at 1120 paddock's room is breached and police enter the room to find him dead. Start shooting at 1005. They breach the room at 1120. That is the one thing that is always true in all of these timelines. That's horrific, right? That's worse than Uvalde. Wait, yes. 
And only I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but only one officer was fired for 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 um, cowering in the hallway. Oh, my God. But their official story is he was told to stand down. What? But then, yeah, this is the thing. It doesn't make any sense. They say stand down till SWAT gets there. Then two years later, a video comes out of a, of a cop like going, ah, I don't want to F with that. And then they knew about it the whole time. They had the body cam. But as soon as it became public, like, ah, we got to fire this guy. Wow. Yeah, but I don't think that the, <laughs> I, I coward cops are bad. I don't think that that's actually what happened here, though. Like, I think that guy was a coward, but I don't think that that's the, the weirdness behind this. I don't yeah. think it's just like a Uvalde thing. Gotcha. So then uh, the second timeline, which is given on October 9th, changes things quite a bit. At 9.59 p.m., six minutes before the shooting, Compost approaches Paddock's room looking for an alarm going off on a door nearby, likely from the stairwell. He is then shot and injured. He immediately notifies hotel security. And Stephen uh, Shuck, which is uh, the engineer at the hotel, appears to back up his account. Mm-hmm. Then at 10.05, the first shots are fired by the suspect. So six minutes between the security guard getting shot and the shoot shots taking place and no police response. At 10.12, the first two officers arrive on the wrong floor. Again, the 31st floor. Uh, at 10.15, the last shots are fired from the suspect for reasons unknown. At 10.17, the first two officers arrive on the 32nd floor from the 34th, uh, from the 31st. At 10.18, Compost, who has been stricken for almost 20 minutes, Let's police know about Paddock's room in okay. all of these instances. He doesn't tell the police till at least 13 minutes after the firing takes place what? at 10 26, 10 30 with Paddock quiet. Eight more cops arrive and, and decide to evacuate the rooms on the floor, which also is disproven by body cam footage, but I'm not going to get into that. There was a they, they, they did a breach and there was people inside, so they did not evacuate before 11 anyway. Okay. Uh, 1055, eight officers arrive in the stairwell uh, to next to the suspect's room and find the door tampered with and the camera on the room service card outside. They decide to hold off at 1120. Paddock's room is breached and police enter the room to find him dead. Okay, but so- this one looks bad because compost didn't call in for a long time and no police response happened between him getting shot and the people getting shot at in the crowd. So this one did not. This one was not detailed, you know, right. edited enough for them not to look bad. I okay. I have a couple questions too. Were there no other people in the hotel to hear gunshots the, to call the police? The excuse they give is that it's really soundproofed room, but I don't think no, so. Nothing is yeah. soundproofed against that. that against firing an AR-15 inside yeah. a hotel. No, especially when the windows supposedly yeah. broken and yeah, no, none of it makes any sense. That, that doesn't make any sense because I. And, I'll just say this now. I don't think he, I don't think anyone shot out of that freaking hotel room. I'll t- I'll show you why, but I don't think anyone shot out of t- you'd have 32, to have, 135. You'd have to have everyone in the hotel in on it to make right. that make sense. Right. Or at least everyone on those, on the surrounding floors that that floor, the floor above it and the floor below it. Right. Okay. Who killed Paddock? We'll get into it. Well, I want to okay. go through this timeline first. Okay. So which one but am I on? Am I on the second timeline or the third timeline? they're finding him dead, right? They're not saying we breached the room and killed him. That's what they're not saying. Okay. Except when they did say it and it got caught on body cam. Got it. All right. So <laughs> we'll get into that in a bit. I got a lot of videos to play. So yeah. this is uh, this is the timeline that was given on October 13th. At 9.59, Compost approaches Paddock's room looking for an alarm going off on a door nearby. Likely from the stairwell, he encountered a barricaded door. This is the first time that's mentioned. 
and makes his way to the 32nd floor. So in this story, there's this L bracket that is screwed into the wood and he couldn't get through because of this tiny little L bracket with these tiny little like quarter inch self-tapping screws, which is retarded and not doesn't make any sense. Okay. It was this, this, this is one of those things they added to the crime scene to make the story make sense, which was a lot of, I think a lot of things they added to the crime scene to try to make it make right, sense. Right. It's just throwing bullshit at the, like there's a lot of it. it. There's a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. So at 10 five compost is shot and wounded in the leg. He radios and calls in the incident as the gunman opens fire on the court. So in this case, the police call just happens to come in 13 minutes before, even though it's not on record mm. uh, of that happening. Right. That's a really easy And in this case, he gets shot and then the guy turns around and starts firing to the crowd. Right. Like okay. instantly. So there's the, he's not at fault for not doing anything like right. this is this is Jesus Campos is now we finally found the story that makes him the hero. Right. Got Which him. is how they play it. At 10:12, the first two officers arrive on the 31st floor. At 10:15, the last shots are fired from the suspect for unknown reasons. At 10:17, the first two officers arrive on the 32nd floor from the 31st. From 10:26 to 10:30, paddock is quiet. Eight more cops arrive. At 10:55, eight officers arrive in the stairwell next to the suspect's room and find the door tampered with and a camera on a room service card outside. They decide to hold off. Paddock's room is breached at 11:20 again. So, <clears throat> What this is talking about is there's a webcam that is run from his room onto a uh, service card of dirty trays that supposedly he's been sitting there for hours, which doesn't okay, make any sense in a hotel this sense. expensive, yeah, right? No. <clears throat> L brackets are added to the story later that the, the rooms were barricaded, right? It's hard for them to get in. Right. Shots were fired through the door, things like that all, all changed. Um, and then he had a computer was I think again hastily set up or maybe it wasn't maybe it was just really his computer right, right. that was set up but it wasn't anywhere near where he was shooting so this guy is supposedly according to the police he's he's so old and feeble that he's gonna die and that's why he has to go out on blaze of glory right right but he's running from room to room shooting out of two different windows <laughs> shooting up to 3,000 rounds depending on which account you you read right and he's also running to the other side of the your audio's out We're back. Okay, so he's also running to the other end of the room to look at the computer, to see the security camera footage, see who's in the hallway so we can shoot through the door. Okay. He's doing all that mm -hmm. by himself in one room mm -hmm. or in two rooms that are huge. Mm -hmm. That's the official story. Okay. Computer's nowhere near the guns. The guns are spread out all over the damn room. They're not even lined up like he was trying to go from one to the next to the next, which is the story. Right. That's why he had 24 guns. It's not because you know, magazines don't exist. He's got piles of magazines, but he has to shoot out of 15 different guns, 15 different guns, right? Which is the official story he shot out of 15 different guns of the 24 <laughs> yet. They're scattered all over the damn place. That makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense. Like I can understand having a few guns because of barrel melt and things like that. But what, sure. what they're saying is he has guns just sporadically placed all over the damn room and he's just running all over and grabbing guns and shooting and right, running back and looking at his camera chaotic. and then shooting through the door. It's chaotic, right? This, this is a super well planned out attack. That's this. You yeah. think you would line up guns ne next to each other. Right. Right. I can understand why <clears throat> somebody who has carefully planned out a crime gets chaotic in the middle of it. Right. But you would, your setup would still be not this up until the point where you started. Right. I could also understand you could make the argument that everybody in that hotel was booked in that hotel for the concert. So they're not in their rooms or at the concert. Mm -hmm. I, I can see that line of thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, here's the other thing that's here's the kicker to this. Okay. 
they always had all the specifics. This is the most detailed like security that you can imagine. So much so that I learned through this case that when you put a deadbolt on your lock in the Mandalay Bay, they know it. They have computer records of the deadbolts on the doors. Oh they have God. body cameras. They have radios and, and police records of the of the police calls and all this stuff. They've known from day one everything that happened and when it happened. Yeah. But they changed the story at least three times and it changes more. Those are just the three in the first two weeks. Huh. It changes a lot more. In <laughs> fact, at one point, it becomes uh, gospel truth that Stephen Paddock killed himself exactly between 1016 and 1018 with. Yeah, okay. but th there's no. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, um, but I want to talk about the, the locks on the doors really quick. So here is a thing about the, the locks on the doors. This is a some of the spreadsheets from the computer that tells you every time that bolt or key card or any. And again, it's not just the key card. It's the deadbolt that you turn sets off a sensor and lets them know when you deadbolt right. your room. But in this report um, at noon that day or at 1203 on that day, both rooms 32135 and 32134 were unbolted and opened from the inside at the exact same time. Okay. Right. But he's sense. there by himself, but he's there by himself. And then, and then if you look through, I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but if you look through, you can see that somebody is testing the doors to see how they can get in and out. So they're like locking and unlocking and trying this and trying that. And what they say in the records is this is like, this looks like someone who's trying to fool or spoof the system to not recognize when they're going in and out of the room. They're they're uh -huh. You'd have to have a lot of knowledge to be able to like know how to do this, but they're trying to fool the room to not know when people are coming in and out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So again, like, but just one guy there by himself that can out. walk through two doors that are hundreds of feet apart at the same time. Right. Wow. Yeah. Right. <sighs> so I'm so confused. All right. Please continue. Make it make also, sense. Yeah. Also, we talked about the body cams. Um, there's a reason maybe why they didn't actually have a lot of evidence to go off of based on the body cams. And that's just because Every body cam that was eventually subpoenaed through through being you know sued, uh, you saw stuff like this. Yeah, my camera. My camera's on too. Yeah, my Turn them off. Turn them off. Yeah, my camera. Yeah. So just there's many many videos. I'm not going to play them all of groups of cops getting ready to go into the Mandalay Bay or into other areas in Vegas that night, and they're like, "Who's got their body cams on? Everybody, turn them off." This was before or after the shooting was going. Before. Before. Or no, I think I think during. I think during the shooting, yes. This is while the shooting's going. These are these are the eight cops that are coming up to the room. Yeah. So so there's an active shooter and they're all clumped. Everybody up in a says hallway, turn your cameras off. And they're like turn and, and instead of thinking, how can we minimize the loss of life? They're thinking, better turn my body cam off. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, and again, they had to be sued to release this footage, and there was one guy, we'll play his video in a little bit, there was one guy, the canine handler, handler that was brought in who didn't turn his camera off. He's the only one that goes into the room when Based. it's breached at 1120 and doesn't have his camera off. Based. All right. And 
in that in that video camera we get from the canine handler, we find out that Brett Brosnahan and Corey Mikkelsen are in the room and they're not on the official police report as have, having been in the room ever. So it's not eight. It's ten. It's ten people, not eight, because two people were excluded from all records of having ever been there. What? Yeah. Yeah, and then the rest of the body camera footage just ended up disappearing. Here's here's a list. You got SWAT officer Hannock and that little double star thing says body camera footage that was not provided even after being sued for it from the police officers that breached 32135. So on here, you've got eight officers and none of them are Brosnahan or Mikkelsen and mm-hmm. all of them. But one has their camera off Sergeant Bitsko, which is the uh, canine handler and his mm-hmm. is facing up towards his face. So there's some we can get from it, but it's not a very good. It's, it's not, not very good footage because it's misaligned. So it's one like guy want- of 10 has their camera on and it's not even a good shot. Wow. Yeah, it's like he went to turn it off and he like didn't hit the button, but he nudged yeah. the camera. Shit. Yeah, I don't think it was a hero. I think it was an accident. I think it was a total <laughs> accident. Uh, and then nobody thought to check. Right. So, <clears throat> but yeah, eventually wow. they got sued and had to release his footage and all, everybody else is just off. And that footage we saw in the elevator, that was his footage again, where everybody's saying, turn your cameras off. Yeah. So weird stuff. Let's talk about Jesus Campos. So this is uh, the guy that was called to check on the 32nd floor. And this story, again, it kind of changes, but the uh, basically it's supposed to be that there's like a door left open, mm-hmm. which I've never fully understood. Maybe I'm missing something. A door was left open. It set off an alarm. So he went up, but then he found that the door from the stairwell to the hallway had an L bracket on it. None anyway, of it makes sense. Now, let's not even try to make sense of it. This is the yeah. guy who got shot in the leg, right? Right. Right after this, he's got all kinds of interviews, NBC, CBS, CNN. He does a couple in the first two days. Uh-huh. His story is not at all what it eventually officially becomes. Right. And you can't find him online. And then, but what you can find, what I found was old podcasts of, of news reports that were saying, Jesus Campos is missing. We don't know where he's at. He had an interview with CNN this morning or NBC this morning. We don't know where he's at. And there's some, I think, I think they might be related to, but there's old news articles saying, where is Jesus Campos, this hero from the Mandalay Bay shooting? You got to tighten that. What happened? It fell off. Oh, keep, keep talking. I'll let you keep talking while you screw your microphone back. In. <laughs> I'm going to mute. I'm going to mute myself while I mess okay. with this. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, you oh, didn't you mute yourself. yourself. You, you turn. turn just on yourself. yourself. Okay. There we go. Okay. <clears throat> Don't worry about it. So anyway, um, where was I at with Jesus Campos? So he finds, let's see, he disappears in Mexico. NBC, I think is who it was that was saying I, they had an interview with us. He never called to cancel. He just is not around. Nobody knows where he's at. He's just gone. And <laughs> you're having a hard time. With that. <laughs> just keep talking. Uh, so anyway, the media had no idea is that, but the story that comes up after he comes back from Mexico is that this trip was pre-approved before the shooting. He was always going to go to Mexico. It was always a thing. Everybody knew he was going to Mexico. It didn't matter. The, the shooting didn't change the fact they had a vacation to Mexico, even though he's like supposedly shot and injured and probably needs medical attention. When he comes back from Mexico, he goes on Ellen DeGeneres in what I would say is the most coached and staged lawyer like situation I've ever seen on a talk show. It, it's eight minutes long, so I'm not going to play it, 
but look it up. You actually can find it. Ellen DeGeneres, Jesus Campos. It is freaking weird. I mean, Ellen is nervous the entire time. She talks really fast. She leads every question. She literally at one point pulls out a whiteboard with a with a map of the hotel room and walks him through what he did and then looks at him. She's like, this is what you did, right? And then you went here and did this, right? Right. And he looks like he's staring daggers through Ellen DeGeneres. I've never seen someone look so like he hated someone the way that Jesus Campos looks like he hates Ellen DeGeneres in this moment. Wow. It is the... There's not there's nothing heartwarming about it. There's nothing entertaining about it. It is a eight minute long lecture as in you better get your story straight. Holy and I'm crap. I'm not kidding. I'm not trying to exaggerate it. Please go watch it, guys. It is the creepiest interview I've ever. And I think Ellen DeGeneres is creepy AF anyway, but it is not even hidden that this is her interrogating him at like lawyer style, right? Who in an interview with a survivor and hero decides to quickly walk through the events of that and say, this is what you did, right? And then this happened, right? Over and yeah, over and over again. That makes absolutely no sense. Instead of, hey, we're glad that you made it. It must have been a horrible day. How have you been coping? How's your leg? None of that. Right. It is eight minutes of her Ooh. interrogating Jesus Campos. It is freaking weird. And here's a kicker. Ellen DeGeneres is sponsored by MGM and has her own slot machines at this casino. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So pretty weird. <laughs> so you really could, <laughs> you could take the cover up at this point to just be MGM needs to make people feel secure to come back to their casinos and spend money, sure. which is where some people will take the conspiracy. And, and that's definitely part of it. Okay. Uh, but it's way weirder than that. <laughs> so <laughs> Ken, watch the, watch the interview guys. Um, so we're going to talk about the crime scene <clears throat> and I forgot to mention this earlier, but I'm going to be playing quite a few clips for the next part of this show. Okay. And these all come from a documentary called route 91 um, or what is it called? I want to make sure I have that right. Uh, it is called route 91 uncovering the cover up. This is by Mindy Robinson. And I have to say, guys, I've done a lot of research on this. Listen to a lot of podcasts, try to watch everybody that's talking about it, find footage. I was blown away by how thorough and detailed Mindy Robinson's coverage is on this. It's about a two hour, two hours and 16 minute uh, documentary. You can find it on YouTube if I send you the link, which I put in the show notes in the description. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also on Rumble. The only reason I even included the YouTube one is because it's the only one that is actually from Mindy Robinson and giving her gotcha. credit for her work. Gotcha. Whereas like Rumble and everybody else is like people copying it from her, which is fine. You watch it wherever you can. But I just I like to give credit to the creator of this because you can tell she put an insane amount of time and effort into this. And I I didn't know how I felt about Mindy Robinson before. I mean, I know, I know how I do on some degrees, but I just didn't know that she was this intelligent and this well-researched. Like it was, right. it was really impressive. Um, so it's definitely worth watching and it's going to go go into a lot of stuff that I'm not going to have time to get into on this show. But um, first thing I want to talk about is the crime scene. What's weird about it. And uh, let's talk about the window because the window that we're told he shot out of wasn't broken in the, original body camera footage from the canine. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. That's a little important. It's a little bit important. Check this out. I do not have a broken window. Well, no, there's several rooms in your toilet. Okay. Do you remember? Right over our right corner. 
Pay attention to that pillar there in that curtain. We've got three frozen on the window that's not broken. It's us, it's us, it's us. Corey, it's us. No, it's us. All right, you can see that pillar in that window, and she brightens it up and shows the color and all that stuff. Right. Right. So that is very important because there's only one pillar in the whole room that would have a window to that side of it. Right. That would have that curtain. I looked. I, I did a lot of research to check and back back up what That's Mindy Robinson for sure says. The That's right. for sure the window that I'm going to show you in this in this picture here. Okay. So, so there you can see it. There's the pillar, right? Yep. The pillar on the left, the window on the right with the the funky looking um yep. thing, right? Only window yep. in the, that would that would look like this according to every the, the rest of the layout of the room. Right. This is the window he was shooting out of. There's the spent casings, the broken glass and the hammer. That's not there. He's not crunching on glass. He's not slipping over spent casings. And he's saying specifically this window is not broken. And when this footage leaked to the press, when it was sued for to get this, there is a 10 second or 20 second omission. Uh You can find if you can go watch it on NBC. It cuts out the part. This window is not broken. Here's an open curtain. No broken window. Wow. It's completely cut out of CNN's coverage. It's cut out of NBC's coverage. It's cut out of every single mainstream uh, media coverage of that leaked um, wow. body cam footage, uh, which is just like, <laughs> I feel like that's a smoking gun in and of itself. Like the smoking window gun. he's shooting out of. Yeah. Well, there's no smoking gun in the room. So there's got to be one in the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. BBC reported that night that there was one broken window, just one with their helicopter that that went around. Okay. Metro helicopters footage from the fly around that night is conveniently missing. There's oh, no footage from the helicopter showing whether the window was broken or not. But by the next morning, there's two broken windows. There's the broken window what? on 13 in in 32134 and 32135. Now, the reason this is interesting is because I think shots did take place out of room 32134 because there was eight shots that were eight casings that were found in that room from a bolt action 308. And that story's changed because I kept reading it was a bolt action 223 and then it's a bolt action 308. I don't know how they messed that up. Don't vax with a $10 rumble rant says bullets that go through glass and don't break the glass would make a fortune. A fortune. That's 22s. I've seen it. They break. They break glass. The day after it's a yeah, delayed after. reaction break. It's a delayed reaction. Yeah. 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 It's a quantum something quantum, quantum displacement. We'll just yeah. call it something. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> yeah, no, this, <sighs> this is just so stupid. No, there's the freaking windows not broken, right? It's not broken on the helicopter footage. It's missing. It's not broken. According to the BBC who flew around uh, or, or had reporters that flew around. Yeah. Um, it's not broken in the body cam footage. But in room 134, the the window is broken. We can see it that night that it's broken. Eight casings are on the floor from, again, it's either a 223 or a 308, depending on which one you read, that where they fired at a fuel tank at the airport. So some people think that, I don't want to get into the theories too much until I show more evidence, but some sure, people sure. think that originally the attack was going to be blow up the fuel tank at the airport and because it didn't work, they had to start firing on the crowd because there was a uh, reason we can get into the reasons why later of like why there had to have been a terrorist attack that night. So, okay, uh, let's see. And uh, there was also again, I said next morning, there's two, but there's a man staying below Stephen Paddock on the 21st floor. 
And he calls in at 1132 to say that he heard an explosion and saw glass falling outside of his window. And I actually have at, that. I have that call at 1132, 10 minutes after the police go into his room. Yes. Okay. 12 minutes. after. Yeah. 12 minutes after gotcha. the police go into his room. So after they've breached the doors and they're inside able to put a breaching charge on a window, this is, this is what he hears. Right. Yeah. Got it. Got a question here. I'm, uh, so I just checked into Mandalay Bay, and I'm on the 21st floor, and, and I just heard a it, what sounded like a um, explosion above me, and then glass coming down around me, or you know, right outside the window. So, either someone's sorry, I didn't mean to keep playing, but yeah, that's the that's the call, right? Is I heard an explosion, I saw glass falling down at wow. 11:32. Directly below. Yeah. Like he's close enough to hear it. So he's close enough to hear the freaking gun. Yes. Going. Yeah. Okay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Another, another little weird incident. Um, I have a question for you. If you commit suicide, Mm -hmm. can you then immediately remove a hard drive from your computer and hide it in a way that no one can find it? Generally, that's not how that works. Okay, I I, I <laughs> wanted to make wondering. sure there wasn't some like physical, you know, uh, impossibility quantum, quantum explanation. Let is- <laughs> <laughs> explain uh, this article from the New York Times it says on Wednesday information emerged that adds to the complexity of the case. Mr. Paddock apparently removed the hard drive from at least one computer found in his room at the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino, according to law enforcement officials. Additionally, housekeepers had visited Mr. Paddock's room where he fired on the crowd below more than once in the days before the shooting, but did not notice any signs of his large stockpile of weapons. He also ordered room service at least once, according to people with knowledge of the security response inside the hotel. Separately, on Wednesday, Mr. Paddock's brother was arrested at an assisted living facility in L.A. on charges of possessing child pornography. What? (laughs) Yeah. What? This is this is weird. Some I want to I want to clear this one up because I've heard a lot of people get this wrong. Okay. The brother that was arrested for child pornography was his brother Bruce. And okay. a lot of people are saying that Eric, they're getting Bruce and Eric mixed up. Got it. Eric was interviewed the day after and he's like my brother's a normal dude. He, you know, he eats hot dogs and he takes care of his family. He's got not a shooter. Sure. And then Bruce gets brought up on child charges, child uh pornography charges and then Bruce gives an interview saying that he could see how his brother could do this and then Bruce is let off of child charge child pornography charges right they're saying it's Eric and the only reason the only distinction I'm not saying it's not weird I'm not saying they didn't blackmail him because it looks like they did but the only reason I bring this up is because Bruce said in the beginning he could see his brother doing this. So some people are lying and saying he said he never could see his brother doing this. And they brought up the child charges. Then he said he could. Then the charges were dropped. I'm I'm just saying that's not actually the case here. Bruce on day one said, well, I could see him doing this maybe, but he didn't say it like that, but he He wasn't, he wasn't Eric. That's my point. He's not Eric. Did he say that before he got brought up on charges? Oh yeah. Yeah. Months before. Yeah, Yeah. So, um, I don't know if I wrote down the exact quote, but uh, he he said he he speculated that his brother could have been capable. That's the way he worked. He's like, I guess he could have been capable. He wasn't like, yep, that's my brother. Sounds like a psycho. (laughs) Um, But no, the other part is true. He was brought up on child porn charges. He goes on this interview, which again, why is like, why are they interviewing this? This guy shooter of a brother 
right. child pornography connoisseur. Right. They bring him onto a big show and he cries and breaks down and says, I could see this. My my brother, he's, he's problem. He has troubles. Wait, but they don't know. They don't know about the charges because they haven't happened yet, right? No, the tra- this is after the charges. Okay, sorry. I, I thought I yeah, asked yeah. this question. No, no. So- they, they, they charged him. They charged Bruce months later. Um, I actually have it written down somewhere. They charged him in July of 2018. Then he goes and says, then he my brother could have done this. I'm, you know, I could see it. And then his charges are dropped. Okay. Or sorry, so, his charges are dropped July 2018. They're brought up late 2017 or early 2018. In March, he does an interview where he says, I could see this happening. Mm-hmm. I think my brother really did this. By July, it's dropped. My only point in, in distinguishing it is he did in the beginning say, I could see this as a possibility, whereas Eric was adamant it couldn't happen. Okay. And people so, are getting them mixed up. He said he he thought he could see it. Then he's taken up on tra- porn charges. Then he goes on an official interview and says more clearly, hundred percent, yes. yeah. Yes, he could have done this, and then his. He thinks he does. Up. He one hundred percent believes his brother. Did, there's no he denial. Did it. Okay. Yeah, he thinks he did it. it. He, he's giving reasons why uh, he did it. Got um, it. Now, what's weird is his b- brother Eric, mm-hmm. who was adamant that he couldn't have done this, and his interview is really weird. But again, it's like if if you find this out, I can't hold anybody to acting a certain way. Right. Um, he later doesn't doc different documentary, not Mindy Robinson, but he does different documentary where he's like, my brother killed all these people because the casino screwed him. He was a big time baller. <laughs> he was going in and making the bucks on this video poker oh and God. they just didn't like him. And he was mad at the casinos because they wouldn't comp him rooms often. And it was so, it was so stupid. I was like, wow. what an asshole. What a piece of crap. Yeah. For uh, real. His whole family's weird, though. <laughs> Another interesting tidbit. Stephen's home was broken into on October 11th um, while it was under FBI and police surveillance as a crime scene to figure out if there was any evidence there. And uh-huh. then evidence is just gone. Bro- oh. Broken into on the 11th. Evidence gone. I love I love it when people break into <clears throat> uh, a crime scene that's being guarded by the FBI and steal evidence. Yeah. It's kind of like when somebody like <clears throat> goes and shoots randomly into a comet ping pong and just just hits our drive. Yeah. Randomly manages to do that. You know what else? You know what the media blamed it on? They said the wind blew the door. open. No, <laughs> they really no. did. The I should have screenshot it, but yes, they really did. <laughs> the wind blew the door open and the wind stole the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> No, they're saying someone ca- broke in, but they only knew that the door is open because the wind blew it open. Nobody like physically broke in. They might have just wandered. I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. None I of this it. makes sense. I love it. It's when so the wind dumb. Pulls the door open and then somebody wanders into my crime scene and steals evidence. Steals the evidence. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Other this weird is stuff. So dumb. It's <laughs> so stupid. Other weird stuff <laughs> is that there was a bullet trajectory and wind speed calculation on a sheet. None of the math, just the bullet's going to drop this much and the wind speed's going to affect it this much. Horse shit. This is movie stuff, okay? Yeah. Come on. Wow. You're firing quote unquote machine guns, right? Like into yeah. a crowd from into, into 22,000 people. Yeah. Directly below you. And, and some, you're doing calculations some, without the math. Also, wind speed, it's, he's not American sniper. Like, the right. whole wind speed thing, I, yes, over a really long distance, it affects a small amount. You're firing into 22,000 people. Wind speed. 
that sounds like something planted. And I think they planted it there because they had to show that he was planning this, right? Like right. it was very intentional and he was trying to kill as many people as possible. Just like throw anything in there that makes it. It's the wow. stupidest piece of evidence that they planted in the room, but it's definitely planted. It's so stupid. Whoever wrote this story was real dumb. Um, here's another interesting part of this story. Room 32134 was locked from the inside and they had to breach the room from 135 to get into 134. I'm so confused. Okay. Running back and forth between the two rooms. He's found in 135, but 134 is locked from the inside. Make sense of that. I can't. No, you can't because it's stupid. <laughs> uh, and also when they did breach the room, there was a three round burst fired an accidental discharge that was withheld from the public for a long time, but there's a video of it. It, it, This, this also came out again from that same, uh, that same um, body cam that we had earlier. So I just want you to listen to, to what is said this one. You're not going to see anything guys, but it's all about the audio here. Okay. So this is, uh, this is um, Levi Hancock is supposedly the guy that shot a three round burst on accident after breaching a room that was locked from the inside. Wait. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Just listen. Hands. Good shot. What? Accidental discharge. So, so the, the narrative is that a police officer accidentally fired a three round burst into a hotel room with nobody in it. I'm so right after he yelled hands shot someone shot three times and then the guy next to him says good shot good shot got yeah. it got it <sighs> i'm so confused dude that's by the end of this i don't i'm not i'm not going to guarantee you guys any answers i'm just going to show you this is all bs everything you've been told is a lie there's a huge cover-up none of this makes any freaking sense i feel like uh, the cover-up is the chaos of it part of like, it yeah if they had just I have a couple different theories, but I'll say one right now. It's just like if they had just if they had put out a a narrative, a clear narrative, it would be Mm -hmm. easy to pick apart. But because the narrative is utter chaos, it's hard to question. I think it could be the opposite, too. I think it could be that this was such a sloppy job that they had to bury it deep because, Mm. again, like normally with a big shooting, they want to milk that for all the media it's worth. Right. Right. And this one, they really didn't. They gave it about 10 days and then said, shut the hell up. Right. So, Oof. and I think that's because it's so damn sloppy. <laughs> so, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's both, right? It like, is. Yeah. Because <clears throat> people don't talk about it the way that they talk about something that it's got a clear narrative and you can, you can come up with a clear answer, like a clear theory as to what really happened. Cause that's the problem because it's difficult to come up with a clear counter theory. It's difficult to, grow a, a conspiracy theory community. <coughs> Ambrosia Sims knows this story and is getting uh, some stuff that we're going to be talking about <laughs> soon. So yeah, yeah. Hold Spoilers. on for that. Um, so listen, here's, here's my next part of this theory. Steven Paddock didn't kill himself. This is, this is <laughs> I'm sure of. So let's listen to let's hear this out. So okay. the original reports, and again, these have been scrubbed from the internet. You can find them on old by listening to old podcasts when they're reading news stories and things like that, which is right. how I got a lot of this information. Oddly enough, <laughs> It's just listening to people reading the news stories and going, mm. oh, that was a news story that was read on the air. Right. And now you can't find it. Wow. Uh, he was shot in the he shot himself in the chest with a rifle was the original story. 
Okay. Shot himself in the chest with a Shut, rifle. That's a normal suicide. Yeah. Yep. Then when that story gets out and it sounds a little weird, uh, they change it. There's photos leaked of the crime scene. Right. In which he shot himself in the head with a revolver. Now, I'm not going to show the pictures because I know you're a little squeamish and it sure. is a, a guy bad. with the top of his head missing. Got it. You, you can look it up if you want. It's actually not hard to find. Got it. Um, but I'll just explain it a little bit. Now, I, again, people are listening. Any, most, a lot of people are listening and not just watching live anyway. So I, I need to explain this stuff anyway. But uh, photos leaked. Story changes. That he shot himself in the head. In the photo, you can see a blood stain on his chest. Uh-huh. Like he was shot in the chest. Maybe someone kicked in a door did a mm-hmm. three round burst in his chest and then moved yeah. him to 135 because again yeah. in the bits that we can see on the body on the body cam when they're clearing the room and looking for broken windows no body on the floor huh no bullet casings on the floor no broken glass on the floor i'm so confused why do they need two rooms cuz he had two rooms i don't know i don't know i mean i we'll, we'll get into theories in a bit okay. but i just want to go through what like what what i've been able to find so there's also a fresh blood stain of of red blood on top of brown blood that's soaked into the carpet. Two totally different blood stains as if they moved his body and uh-huh. brain and put it on top of a, a previous stain, Older. which is weird. And maybe I'm wrong on this. It just looks like it and it doesn't have to be that, but it sure. does look like that. It looks Guy, like he was killed earlier and then mm, fresher blood on top. That's what it is looks that what like. You're saying? Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's also no arterial spray anywhere that I can see in the, in the, in the photos and a guy blowing his brains out of the back of his head. seems yeah, like there would be a little bit. Yeah. He also flung the gun up over the top of his head to lay way up uh, above his head. So he shoots himself and the gun doesn't recoil or stay in his hand. Right. It goes way up there. Yeah. That's normal. That's a normal okay. thing. Um, he also <laughs> has, he's also laying on top of a rifle but has another rifle on a bipod over top of his legs. What? So was he laying down with the rifle over his legs when he shot himself in the head? I'm so confused. Can we also, I, I was going to bring this up later, but I'm going to bring it up now. There's a lot of guns in this room with bump stocks and bipods. Okay. Now I, I'll explain this for people who don't know what a bump stock is. A bump stock. It's not, it's technically not fully automatic. Okay. But the distinction doesn't matter a ton. But what it is, it's a trick shot. It makes your AR do something that it's not really supposed to. It's something you can do without a bump stock. You can use like a belt. There's, there's, it's a trick of recoil. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it separates the pistol grip from the trigger, essentially. And when the recoil goes, you kind of kind of pull forward on the stock while you're shooting. But it makes the it makes your hand move like this. Okay. So your finger is pulling the trigger over and over and over again because the pistol grip is sliding slightly okay and it's again i'm not going to get into the you can look into this all you want but i just i feel like it's a waste of time i'll just mention it really quickly there's tons of people who analyze the audio and they'll say that's not from a bump stock it doesn't have the right cyclic rate bump stocks uh don't fire automatic and it's true they don't really fire automatically continuously super well and they also he's using like 100 round drum mags and all like all these things together are like jam central right like these long streams are not coming from these crappy bump stocks is my point. Okay. Okay. But my point in all this is the recoil trick that a bump stock does doesn't work on a bipod. Oh, doesn't work. It doesn't work. They don't work like that. You can't shoot a bump stock from a bipod. <laughs> Got it. It's just not a thing that works. 
So, he, I mean, you guess he could have had the bipods and not been using them, but it's just odd because they're showing like some of the crime scene uh, photos are, are the, I think what they're trying to say is he was firing from a mounted position right. with a bump stock okay. at a perfect cyclical rate with right. no jams. And he was good. It's enough, just not a possibility. He was good enough with the science and the stuff to, <clears throat> to do, to do the wind calculations or whatever, but he's firing non-scoped AR bump. Yeah. Stocks. Yeah. With, yeah. As if he has no idea how guns work. Okay, cool. Right. None of this makes sense. Um, there's uh, let's see. Lombardo also knew that this happened between 1016 and 1018. This is something that he will stand by forever. There's okay. no one reporting. There's a gunshot between 1016 and 1018 from a revolver, which is the story. Mm. There's nothing. But later on, later on, they backfill this story. This this it has to be between these times for some reason. And we know it was because they said that there was heat sensors on the room and it stopped picking up heat. Bodies don't just like drop heat like fully like they don't just go off of a, a heat sensor because because the person's dead within two minutes. That's just not a thing that happens. Okay. It takes like 12 hours for the body to cool down and not be picked up like as if it was a live body. Right. So it's just not a thing. Um, but that's what they say. That's their their explanation. Um, and again, if they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt with the heat sensors and all that, this guy's dead since 1016. Why are they waiting an hour? To go into the room. It makes no sense. Right. None of none, them waiting an hour never made any sense. No matter what the situation is. Is he an active shooter? Or is he dead? Like either way, why are you not entering the room? They said it was to wait for SWAT, but there was only like two SWAT members and a canine guy with like six or seven cops, two of whom are not named who breached the room at 1120 anyway. So that asks the question, where the hell's SWAT in an hour and 20 minutes? They can't get SWAT to the biggest active shooting in American history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, there's another claim I kept seeing and I, I just didn't it, it might be out there. I didn't find it, but they say that I'm one of the uh, you can hear when they enter the room. Someone say that he's been dead a while, which I'm not saying I think it contradicts some of the evidence and I couldn't find it myself. I'm not saying he hasn't been dead a while, but who knows? Uh, anyway, Anyway, I, I couldn't find it, but my point is there's there's kind of two theories here and I again, I'm going to throw a lot of evidence and it's all going to sound like it doesn't make sense because none of this makes sense. He was lasting heading in his room at about two twelve thirty that day. He ordered a meal for two in his room uh, around one o'clock at three thirty five p.m. There was a report to the front desk of a gunshot on that floor and there's obviously the lock things showing people leaving the room right. after this point. So has he been dead since three thirty that day? Has he been dead the whole time? Kind of sounds like it. It kind of sounds like it, and that makes me ask: Who the hell did they shoot when they kicked in one thirty four, or did they just shoot a dead body? I don't. I don't know. Was there another person there? And the, all the early stories was there was more than one suspect. For the first couple of days, they kept saying right. looking for other suspects in the media, but the police never said they were looking for another suspect. Well. Not really. They never officially did. It's it's weird. The timeline stuff is yeah, weird. Yeah, like again, so, gunshot. Somebody hears it, reports it. Except, they should be looking. Yeah. Yeah, except when it's automatic fire for ten minutes straight. That's my point. If someone heard a single gunshot at three thirty five, how soundproof is this room that you're not hearing fully automatic fire and explosion? Yeah. And 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 the other thing too, like 
you saw the picture of the hammer that broke the window. Right. I don't have the details on this for sure, but these are supposed to be hurricane proof windows. Right. It I'm not, it's not buying. I'm not buying a 65 year old flabby video poker player is using a mini sledgehammer yeah. to shatter two hurricane proof windows. Why doesn't he just shoot it out too? Why? Well, that's the thing is I think they wouldn't. I don't think they would break. <laughs> They're supposed to withstand like objects being hurled at them at a hundred and some miles an hour. Wow. Like they're, they're really stupidly strong windows. Um, the corner thing is weird. They, they didn't do the autopsy till five days later. They refused to release the autopsy until they were sued. Wow. And then when they did the autopsy says that he died at noon the next day, he died at noon what? on October 2nd I'm so from a gunshot means- wound to the head at 10 16 PM on October 1st. <clears throat> I have the coroner's report. I read it. It really does say that <laughs> you can find it online and it, it literally does say it, time of death noon, October 2nd. The The chaos here is insane. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they do the court? Why did they not do the autopsy for five days? They did it on October 6th. Whatever this is, it feels really unprofessional. Like <laughs> they did not know what the crap they were doing. <clears throat> yeah. It, it, again, I think that this was a bad cover up. And I think mm-hmm. that the media was so complicit that most people just went along with, again, this is not, this is the thing that, that that's so interesting to me about conspiracy stuff is sometimes like we get this idea. These people who have the levers of control are these 40 chess geniuses that can do anything. Yeah. And it's like, no, they just have power to do anything, but they're yeah. really kind of stupid. Yeah, sometimes. But they're dumb. If they were like really good at this shit, we wouldn't have a show. It's just that they don't even have to be that good for most people to just go, well, the narrative says and the people in power say and the media says and that's all they care about. They're not even good at hiding this stuff. Mm. Um, They also never check for gunshot residue on his hands or anywhere on his body, which is kind of odd, I think, but maybe you wouldn't in a suicide, but I don't know. I don't know if it's I don't think it's suicide. (laughs) So I don't I just don't think it is. Um the time Kelsey's talking about her fanny pack. So in the discord, we found out that the fanny pack that you can buy on hawkhoundmedia.com slash conspiracy holds a full box of 20 gauge uh, shells. So yeah, it's a random if you want random if you, detail, if you want to go to the range with your 20 gauge and, and be able to carry a bunch of extra ammo, you can buy a, a fanny pack from us. So yeah, <laughs> so anyway, that's the whole core corner screwery, but let's talk about the the whole multiple shooters theory. So okay. <clears throat> according to eyewitnesses, and I mean a lot of eyewitnesses as in all of them, essentially, as in all of them, okay. as in all of them, uh, there were multiple gunmen and I could literally spend all night playing you videos and reading you testimonies of the people who were there saying there was multiple gunmen, that there was someone on the stage that was shooting at them, that when they went to the exits, there was someone there with a pistol shooting at them, that they were being chased by multiple men with guns through the like these stories are everywhere mm-hmm. and everyone agrees that there were many gunmen and there were some on the ground chasing people down. In fact, a couple of the deaths happened in an alleyway outside of the site of the hotel room where six people were shot in the head <laughs> forward to backwards, not from a downward angle in a place that he couldn't see from the hotel room. So I'm people so- are being hunted on the ground and shot, but there's no multiple shooters. <sighs> But you know what? Don't take my word for it. Let's just watch. Let's watch some of this clip because I feel like this does a really good job of 
of showing that. So. Not one guy did not do all this. There is no way. Holy shit! These motherfuckers still ringing out right now. What is that? Okay, babe. Okay, did you hear that? Yeah. Okay. What they'll tell you is that the reason it sounds like you're hearing more than one gun, uh, more than one, is yeah. because you're hearing echoes. But you heard loud burst from a distance. Pause. Right. Long burst from a distance. Pause. Short burst from right freaking next to from these people. From real close, and they hit the ground like they know exactly what. Because they is. can feel and hear and see the bullets. Yeah. And they're like, these people just don't know. They, they, they're, it's, it's, it's battle confusion. They, they, they don't understand. <laughs> they're stupid. Yeah, right. But like these people are just dumb. They're just hearing echoes. But I've listened to a ton of this. And we, again, this is something we could spend all night on. So I'll just make my case quickly. It's very clearly more than one shooter. Right. You don't hear. It's not an echo because an echo isn't 10 shots followed by six shots. An echo. Or 30 shots followed by 19 shots or, you know, Loud, long way sounding, long way sounding, long way sounding, close sounding. That's how echoes work. <laughs> That's not how echoes work. And and um, like I've <clears> been <throat> obviously I've been in situations where gunfire means more than just people are hunting. And um, I don't like echoes. Don't give you a shot of adrenaline because you because you know, like I didn't get freaked out until the echo part of this video. And right. then I get like a shot of adrenaline in the base of my skull. Like I'm not trying to give you PTSD, by the way. So I apologize. But it's but it's it's obviously it's multiple all, shooters. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And this is all happening after the first ten minute burst. This is happening it's, during during the whole kay. thing. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there's a little bit more I want to play. Let's go, let's go, let's go. That's close. That's real close. And then I moved. Oh, thanks. We man. just, our SWAT took down one suspect on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay. Yeah. That's high power, though. They're all, all the He's not the only cop on camera this night that will say our SWAT killed this guy, by the way. So. Okay, wow. The pronouns I did were all headshots, bro. But, Let's go I, this way. Uh, but we know. Yeah. Um, and we have, we have multiple different calibers, so yeah. I'm just saying we have at least one suspect down. There's most likely more than one. Just make sure, look at his forehead. Yeah, that's fucking, fucking dead center. Dead fucking center, dude. All right. Yeah. Shit. That guy, see, same thing. That guy was a fucking headshot right in the fucking yeah, what the forehead. Fuck, man. It can't be that many headshots. No, I don't that many people over here. Had to be targeted. Had to be targeted. We're getting over. Yeah. Wow. So lots and lots and lots of headshots, and. I've got one other video to show you about the coroner's report on this because there's an angle that would only be possible from the ground and there's an angle that would only be possible from a 32nd story yeah. window and we're getting a mixture of, of all of it. Gotcha. So, so check this out. So I did a little bit more digging and based off what I was able to match between victim reports and the anonymous autopsy findings using things like gender, weight, eye and hair color, tattoos, and the descriptions and placement of their wounds, was able to analyze several of the more unusual trajectories. Am I an expert at this? No. But I can read reports and do basic math, which is apparently more effort than the FBI put into this entire investigation. They didn't run ballistics to match the bullets from the victims to the guns in the room either. None that they're willing to release anyway. Most fatalities were hit at the diagonal and downward angle you would expect from someone firing from Mandalay Bay, but not everybody. 
Those yellow circles are people that were hit with a near-perfect parallel ground trajectory, within a difference of a half inch or less. While some could simply be ricochets, this seems more like a pattern, and coupled with so many witnesses stating they heard shots coming from the main stage and at ground level, certainly deserves more of an investigation than it was given. That's from the coroner's report. Right to left and downward without a significant front-back deviation. The other one said, uh, oh, shoot, I lost it, but straight back and forth. Like, here's another one, like, through the dome <clears throat> from the front to the back. Wow. From a ground level thing, right? It's in the reports. It's in the recorders reports. And again, you've got police and EMT on the ground saying we've got multiple calibers. People on the ground are handing in multiple caliber shells that they're finding at the gates to the police. They're also finding pistols on the ground that were discarded. They're handing to the police. There's all kinds of different calibers being found. Nine millimeter, seven, six, two, five, five, six. Everybody's reporting this. Every everyone is saying this. Uh, here's another weird one. Um, the crime scene cleanup is super weird. And again, this is some articles that got scrubbed. So I'm I'm kind of basing this on stuff that I've heard. I'm just saying that up front. Like I can't just show you the thing because I can't find it. But there is one thing I found that said that they didn't hire a, a, a cleanup crew till mid November. So what this means for people who don't know about crime scene cleanup is police don't go to your house and clean the brains out of your carpet when someone dies in your home. They hire a cleanup team. Right. There are people whose entire job is to go clean up crime scenes. That's what they get paid for. Police never do this. FBI never does this. In this instance, they waited over a month to hire a cleanup crew to clean it up. But there are pictures and there are reports and there are people saying the FBI have been there this entire time patching up bullet holes, repaving the parking lot, making sure that there is no trajectory evidence left on where these bullets came from. Wow. None. No casings left, no trajectories, no blood stains. That's all gone. And then they leave, what, a month and a half later, let someone come in and like finish up the, the rest? Wow. Who leaves, who leaves like that stuff all over the ground for a month and a half? It's November that there's articles coming out saying I'm they hired so a team. Confused. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So another weird thing in this is a lot of people besides reporting being shot at on the ground reporting being shot at by helicopters. And the official story is there are no helicopters in this area during this shooting. None. Uh, the witnesses disagree. There's pictures and video evidence that disagrees. But wow. the weirdest one is that this site called um, Flight Radar 24 disagrees. And there's a guy who's documented <laughs> all of this helicopter movements this night. And it's freaking weird. I'm just going to play you a small clip of it. But there are three helicopters that fly in to behind the Mandalay Bay Casino before the shooting takes place. And they all turn off their responders. And then they all wait and then they all leave in a group at the exact same time so check this out and they're going to stop directly behind the mandalay bay so this first one hovers right there right over mandalay bay uh, right over the event center kind of oval shaped roof here comes the third and the fourth notice that first helicopter what happened is it turned off its transponder these other two are about to do the same, and they turn off their transponders as well. And they remain there, no transponder signals come back on 
for the duration of the shooting. So they, they turned off their transponders at about 9.52 and no more transponders will appear in that area. But what's interesting is that even though we have no radar data showing flights in that area, video evidence clearly shows flights being in that area during the shooting. Yeah, so I'm not going to play the rest of it because it's long, but it goes on to show that all of a sudden, two helicopters respond, transponders turn back on. By the way, it's not legal to have your transponder off when you're in the air. Right. They fly away, and then all of a sudden, a third transponder lights up in their, in their you know, a, a mile away in their formation. Like, he forgot to turn it on until he was clear of the casino. <clears throat> the theory with this is that why did Stephen Paddock stop at 1015? He had a snorkel in his room attached to a window, so that way he could breathe if they gassed him. He had thousands and thousands and thousands of unspent rounds. He supposedly had a getaway vehicle that Lombardo is insistent on being his getaway vehicle that he planned on leaving. Uh, All of this stuff. Like, the guy just, what, 10 minutes, and then nobody's trying to stop him, and he just kills himself, and, like, that's the end of it? Yeah, that in, make in any the and the and the profile according to the FBI is that he was going to go out in a blaze of glory that he wanted to take as many people as he could. That makes sense. And I hate to say this, this sound grim, but like when you're firing machine guns into a crowd of twenty two thousand people and you only kill fifty eight, it sounds to me like the the point is fear and panic and not death. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm not trying to sound morbid about it. But like, but if your goal is death, you're going to be better at it than that. Right. Well, that's my thought. Like, twenty two thousand people packed into a square. How do you only kill fifty eight of them? If you're good if enough, if you're trying to to put a bullet, bullet straight through people's heads that aren't even in your line of sight, you're certainly good enough to kill more people. Six than people you in an alley that you can't see. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's so stupid. Wow, but yeah, this the helicopter thing. I know it sounds crazy, but then you'd have to explain why why three helicopters fly and turn off their transponders. And then we hear on the radio that another that the police helicopter is finally coming and then they leave. (laughs) The shooting stops when they know the police are coming in a helicopter. That makes way more sense than Stephen Paddock stopping for no discernible reason at all. Yeah. And again, Wait. everybody's saying we're seeing flashes from the helicopters being shot from the helicopters and we're being shot at from the ground. There's no helicopters there, but we got video of helicopter wash over people. So there are bad people in helicopters shooting. Yeah, I think. And Stephen or someone is shooting from the hotel. Eight shots. I don't know if I. It's the one thing I don't know. I didn't look that much into it. But yes, eight shots were fired supposedly at the gas tank in the in the airport. Okay. From room 134 where the window was broken. Supposedly. Okay. But I don't know. It's just again, I don't have answers. I just have a lot of this is weird. Uh, Do you have more evidence to present? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm trying. I know this. I said this is going to be long. There's. A, I got a few more things. Then we'll get okay. into the, the theory part of it. But Let's, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I'm excited <clears throat> to discuss. Um, so the next thing is that there was not just multiple shooters at Mandalay Bay at the Route 91 Music Festival. Mm-hmm. There was multiple attacks all across the city for the many hours after. Wow. And there's so many reports of gunshots and active shooters all over Vegas that night that I couldn't spend all of the, I could spend hours listing them all and going through all those cases, but I'll just wow. give you a few. I'll give you a few that these happened all after Paddock was dead okay. and all had multiple calls to the police. We've got Hooters. 
We've got the New York, New York, which had calls from the staff, at least three calls from the staff and security guards who all have denied sense that they ever called the police, even though you can go on and listen to all these calls. These are public information. Yeah. We have the Sundance helicopters, two people calling in from there. We have Oasis apartments, people calling an active shooter there. The airport, there was an active shooter on the runway. Wait, Sundance, so a helicopter place? Yes. Reports. Shootout shoot. after the after helicopters the, leave the scene. Got, got it, got it, got it. Yes. The airport had a run uh, active shooter on the runway. Fatburger had an uh, active shooter. The Aria had multiple shooters. The Delano had shooters. The Tropicana had shooters. At 1045, again, after Stephen Paddock's supposedly dead, EMTs call and say they're being shot at at the Tropicana. Police on video at the Bilot, or sorry, at Mandalay Bay at one point say we think they killed one of the suspects at the Tropicana on video. <sighs> But could spend all night on those. I just want to give you guys the best example, the, the the absolute proof that there was multiple shooters that have been lied to us about for years is the Bellagio. And I'm only going to talk about the second shooting at the Bellagio because there was one earlier and what they'll explain what, what the police will say or the official story. The FBI will say people were hearing echoes. People were running away from Mandalay Bay and they wound up all over Vegas and then they called in that they're being shot, which is just not lining up with any of this at all. Like these are not being called in for people who are at the festival. It's not being people are calling and saying I was shot before. These are security guards, office work, you know, the, the front desk workers, all this stuff all over the city going on until three in the morning. But the best case is the, like I said, the Bellagio. And I just want to play a few minutes of this one. Oops. What did I just do? There we go. Also at 11.58, that it gets very interesting. Over an hour and a half after shooting ceased at the festival, two separate volleys of automatic gunfire are not only heard by everyone in the Bellagio area, it's also picked up by at least nine different police comms. We are not... I'm also going to point out really quickly. That's five bursts. That's five three round bursts. That's not a bump stock. That is a police issue. Three round burst. AR Shit. or M4. Yeah. Just wow. throwing that out there. Units, we're getting a 415A now. Bellagio PER is hearing a lot of shots being fired. Yeah. When they breached, they said one uh, SWAT shot them. Talking about Paddock right there, by the way. Mm -hmm. When they breached, they say that one SWAT shot him. That three-round burst. That's a shot. That's a shot. Yeah, Rob is pointing out that this is mil spec. I know. I've shot. I've shot M4s on burst. It's so clear that that's what that is, right? Yeah, it's not a bump stock, uh, and it's clear. It's one, two, three, four, five. It's five. Two, two, two sets of five three-round bursts, which is a full magazine for for math <laughs> sake. It's 30 rounds. Uh, anyway, so that's the Bellagio. Again, at midnight, an hour and 40 minutes after Stephen Paddock is dead and 40 minutes after they breached his hotel room. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. So uh, one more piece of evidence, I think. 
No, I have, okay, I have a few things. I'm sorry, we'll get through it. <laughs> we will get through it. Uh, <laughs> is any of this at all so far yet reminding you of anything else we've talked about on this show? Um, a, cu- a, cu- a couple, well, 9-11 right. a little bit for, for the chaos of like trying to explain the motive of like, it seems like there's several pieces that don't really fit together very well. It, it doesn't make sense to be one terrorist plan. It doesn't make sense to be one Bush plan. It just doesn't. Yeah. It's too, too, too but many But yet the evidence lines. is overwhelming that something happened. Something's that's up. not what we're being yeah. told and that the government was involved. What was but another huge, what was the huge thing? The big piece of evidence that, that you point out for 9-11 that this was an inside job. Um, I get hung up on the, on the NORAD thing. Right. The yeah. war games thing. Yeah. The so check this out. Thing? Dude, dude, ah! dude, okay. check this out. I have to also mention that the day before the attack, the powers at B were running active shooter drills across Las Vegas, which added to the confusion, especially when people tried calling hospitals. It also fed into the hoax theory that no people died because they were searching for and hiring crisis actors for the same thing all week, oh which God. was used as an excuse by the media to condemn and censor all alternative theories about the tragedy. People died there. That's not the conspiracy. The conspiracy is why so many government-run active drills turn real at the same time in the same manner. Remember? Yeah. They're running freaking active shooter drills in Vegas, and they are actually putting out messages and things to hire crisis actors. So that way, the conspiracy theorists will go this. They'll do the crisis actor thing. All oh, these people didn't really die. And then it'll be like, yes, they did. You're all nuts. But they were hiring crisis actors and nobody, the, the police response was awful. And the SWAT response was awful because there was active shooter drills going on all over Vegas at this exact freaking time. The other thing I thought of was Tupac. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of time to dig into like the Tupac angle that we talked that about last angle, week. Okay. Um, but I do want to talk about because th- that theory has to do with the fact that the police, one of the police, uh, one of the police officers who was involved in this is now involved in Maui and the other police officer uh, that was there. One of the other police officers that was there died last week in a car accident that seems to have been caused by a hit and run. And it's really under suspicious, weird circumstances. I, I, I didn't have time to go into that today because I have so many other things I want to get to. Um, but I feel like when we eventually cover Tupac, it'll it'll link back in there a little bit. So um but I want to talk about the witnesses that didn't kill themselves. I don't think Stephen Paddock killed himself, but there's a lot of witnesses that I don't either. And again, this, this article, I'm, I'm going to read parts of an article from the people's voice again, not because it's the most credible, but I just feel like they did a good job. And I f- back checked all these. There's only two at the end. I'm not going to read. I might mention them because I think that they're not part of this. Um, so we're going to talk about these people, um, Dennis and Lorraine Carver. And it says uh, on the people's voice says after managing to escape Lorraine. um, Don't vax me says then you can get sued like Alex Jones. Thanks for the $10 rumble rant. Um, Dennis Lorraine Carver after managing to to escape Lorraine posted updates on her Facebook to let her friends and family know that they were okay saying quote. I think the shooters have shooters have gone. Mm. Other people there are saying that there were shooters during the attack. And the Carvers weren't perhaps as vocal as some of the other witnesses as you could perhaps write off their death as a bizarre coincidence uh, with suspicious circumstances surrounding it. Um, But the real nature of their death was raised when one week after the fatal crash, the couple's eldest daughter, Brooke Carver, received an item carrying memories of her 52-year-old father 
through the post. So they died in a low speed car crash that turned into a fireball, by the way. That makes so no. much sense. No. During the confusion of the shooting, uh, Dennis Carver had lost his phone that was uh, full of photos and videos from that night of the attack. His phone was uh, somehow ended up in the FBI's possession with a with. But as Las Vegas agents promised to ship the phone back to him when he turned it on, uh, when we turned it on, all the photos and messages were still there. Brooks said the question is, why did the FBI take three weeks to return the phone? And as has been widely reported, the phones and laptops of eyewitnesses were confiscated and wiped by the FBI. So why was Mr. Carver's phone returned seemingly intact? Here's a, a, another scrubbed article written by Pamela Geller on October 12th, 2017. Laptops of Las Vegas massacre eyewitnesses. A bunch of people that worked the Route 91 said they got their cell phones back today. They said that all their phones had been completely wiped clean. All messages and info from that weekend are completely gone. Anyone else experienced this? And now the story here that Brooke Carver, his daughter, is saying is their phone wasn't wiped, but what she said at the end is, all of his photos. Um, if anything from that night had been on his phone, how would I know? I wasn't there. Like the stuff from before wasn't there, but none of the videos or photos or anything from that night is on his phone. So it wasn't wiped. Oh, but how would she know if they didn't erase certain things that the they had kept? Right. Gone. So, so these people weren't vocal. So the, the, the theory here, I think, is that they had something on their phone. They were actively saying there was more than one shooter on Facebook yeah. and they had evidence on their phone and if they sent it back wiped, they were worried. I think again, who dies in a low speed car accident that their car goes up into flames and completely like, up into flames, yeah, like a 30 mile an hour car accident or something, Jeez. but that's not even the worst one. So we got Danny uh, Contreras and in the same week that the Carvers died, Danny Contreras, an eyewitness of the Las Vegas shooting uh, survivor who publicly claimed that there were multiple shooters involved in the attack, was found dead in an empty house in Las Vegas with multiple gunshot wounds. What? The woman who called emergency services to the scene says that she didn't hear any gunshots, but the coroner confirmed that Danny Contreras, 35, died of multiple gunshot wounds and ruled his death a homicide. He had tweeted this tweet after... Uh, on October 2nd saying feeling icky to be alive. Can't believe I got out of the concert alive. Two men were chasing me with guns. Not everyone was so lucky. Oh, At, feeling lucky to be alive. Got yeah. It. Feel, oh, it says lucky, not icky. I, I thought it meant icky isn't like I feel bad that I survived and other people didn't. You're right. It, yeah. he, he doesn't use vowels in his tweet. Yeah. <laughs> feeling lucky to be alive. Can't believe I got out of the concert alive. Two men were chasing me with guns. A ton of people said this, that they're wow. being chased by men with guns. After his death, his entire Twitter account was suspended. Right. It's freaking weird. That, then we ooh. Then we got this guy, Chad Nishimura. He was a Mandalay Bay valet who parked the suspected Las Vegas gunman's car and gave an interview saying Stephen Paddock was a normal guy who didn't have many bags. Hmm. Nishimura gave a statement to ABC affiliate KTV4 News, but the article was quietly pulled from the network's website after it began attracting attention. After his account was published, Nishimura disappeared and all of his social media accounts were deleted. His friends and coworkers are saying he is totally unreachable. They've never found this guy. So this guy says that Stephen Paddock guy is not weird, and I don't know how the hell he got 22 guns up into his room. He didn't have that many bags. Wow. 
The only evidence of him taking all these guns up into his room is some security footage of someone taking some bags a few times. It might, I'm not saying it's not true, but this definitely cut against the narrative enough. I think we all, we have one more Kimberly. Well, we have a few more, but I'm just going to read one more Kimberly Sukamel who went public with her claims of witnessing multiple gunmen and was determined to prove that the mainstream uh, narrative is wrong. She even announced plans to set up a survivors group to shine a light on the truth about what happened in Las Vegas and expose the lies. This is something she said. You can share my comment for sure, and you can leave my name, Sukumel says in her Facebook message to her friend, quote, I'm trying to organize a group of survivors, so if anyone wants to contact me, they can because this fucked up shit doesn't make sense, and we're trying to piece things together. Less than one week after she gave this account, she was found dead in her home in Apple Valley, California of an aneurysm, I think, or a stroke at like, what? she's like a young woman. Jeez Louise. That makes no sense. So at this point, it's pretty clear there's a cover up. I think it's pretty clear. This yeah. narrative is bullshit, but it's also like whatever happened spun out of control. Yes. And they're like yeah. covering up and covering up the cover up and covering up the cover up like. Right. But the question, mess. the question at all, this is what the hell are they covering up? Cause I still don't have the answer. So I want to look at a few Okay. Possibilities and get your thoughts. So the first one, this ad, the people were mentioned Alex Jones earlier is the Antifa angle, right? Right. Uh, that uh, this was uh, done on a country music concert to mostly right wing Republican type people uh, right after Trump got elected and put into office. And this is retaliation mm-hmm. from Antifa. And that's why it's being covered up by the mainstream media, which would make sense. They wouldn't want sure. that getting out. Um, but I'm not saying I put a lot of stock into this, but there is something weird here. George Soros, who also funds Antifa. But millions against Mandalay Bay and MGM right before the shooting. So he bet against the stock market on MGM. Wow. Right before all this happened. Uh, George Soros bet $42 million against MGM, the company that owns Mandalay Bay, just before the October 1st attack. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, he's not the only one. That's where this gets really weird. The Mandalay Bay CEO gave money to Islamic terrorist groups and also sold millions in shares weeks before the attack. Uh, CEO of Mandalay Bay, James Murren, has donated millions to organizations tied to Islamic terror and is now, which is, I think is a side note, but we'll get the reason I brought, I brought up this article for a reason. Um, it now has been revealed that he sold off most of his company shares in the weeks, 80%, by the way, 80% of his shares, 80% of the company shares he sold off the weeks before the shooting. Yeah. Right. And the reason I brought up the the ties is that's the next theory. Like, you know, the, the, the ISIS ties is that ISIS did this and there's something interesting here. So I'll show you a few slides first. Well, first I want to ask you your ISIS claims responsibility for something. What's your first thought? They do that all the time. They do that with any bad thing that happens. They claim responsibility, right? But I have questions about this for for a reason. So ISIS claims responsibility for Las Vegas. Police were on the alert after video called for the attack in May. This is an article from Agorist on October 2nd. Before sun came out that morning, they had said ISIS already claimed responsibility and the LVPD had said ISIS did not do this. Like without a doubt, it couldn't be like they, they shut it down before the morning news. Mm-hmm. which is not a responsible investigation. And it's weird because 
he does have flights to the Middle East. His girlfriend is in the Philippines, which has terrorist cells all over it. Like there are <laughs> weird reasons. Let me just put it this way. I'm not saying ISIS did this. What I am saying is shutting it down that quickly is irresponsible considering he had credible sure, credible ties ties that could have been could have led back to ISIS. And the, the weird thing about this, and I, I've tried to figure this out and I couldn't find enough information, but I did find this that says this is from 2017 it's from October. It says ISIS rarely claims attacks. They aren't involved in the sun reports on how oh. ISIS experts believe it is plausible that Paddock was in contact with ISIS. ISIS rarely claims attacks. They were not either by their members or by sympathizers. Now, the reason I bring this up is because the first time I could find an article saying ISIS claims responsibility for literally everything was on October 2nd. Oh, why ISIS claims responsibility for attacks. It didn't commit October 2nd. Oh God. I tried to trace it back earlier and it, it wow. has become such a meme in our culture that I'm starting to wonder if it came from this. From this. Holy crap. PJ, you said that this happened actually not that long after Trump was put into office. Right when he was wiping out ISIS. But yeah. what if what if this And I'm was not planned? saying it was ISIS. I'm just saying it's freaking weird. Go ahead, but, sorry. But what if this was planned before What if Hillary was supposed to be president when this terrorist attack happened? I don't know. There's so much weirdness to it because the ISIS angle doesn't make sense to me because it's so clear the government was involved, at least in the cover up. Right. Like the, the theory would be that ISIS did the helicopters and this and that and the other. Why the government wouldn't want people to know is another story. But like, yeah, I don't know, man. I got a lot of questions. Um, it, it think feels about that. Like okay, there was a, there, it feels like there was an original plot mm -hmm. and then too many people knew about it. So each person added on their thing to the plot. And then I think the is what we one, came up with about nine 11 as well. Like the Pentagon seemed like a last minute addition. Right, right. But then it's, it feels like with this one, the original plot was scrapped. Mm -hmm. Like whatever the original narrative was supposed to be was not the narrative that they went with. Rob is saying something interesting. He says, I am saying it was ISIS because the government botched the response and killed civilians. That is part of the theory is that the government covered this up because the response was so bad an oh. hour and 20 minutes to get into the hotel room. But you're saying you don't think he fired any bullets from there at all except for the eight. No, that's, that's this is why I'm saying none of this makes any sense. I don't think he did uh, because the window and because of other things because he was probably dead at three o'clock that day. Like right. there's a lot of reasons I don't think he did it. So where did where did the high level like high angle bullets come from the helicopters? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Because you can see the helicopters flying, hovering about that height. Yeah. At the, there's a lot of video of it. But that leads me to the next weird theory. I saw some people earlier saying that they think this is a gun deal gone wrong, hmm. uh, which is kind of part of this next one. I, I didn't spend a lot of time on this one, so I'm just going to read an article that that basically presents it because it's an extremely long theory. Oh, this is a shorter article. And that was... Uh, this is from the Daily Sheeple. It says, was the lone wolf Las Vegas massacre really a false flag to cover an assassination attempt on the Saudi crown prince? So after the events, of, <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. This is this, I, I don't. This is not the one I buy into, but some of the biggest research into this are like are like dead set on this being the thing. So here we go. Okay. 
after the events of Sandy Hook, we already know that any mass murder shootings will always be covered up quickly by federal law enforcement, even to the extent of co-opting and silencing local authorities. And this was even evident in the most recent Las Vegas massacre where an FBI handler was whispering in the ear of the city's sheriffs. Don't go there when asked a pertinent question by the media, which is a whole nother thing. Um, there was like a handler standing over Lombardo. Like you could tell when he was like giving the nod, like what to say. Um, and with uh, with so many other accounts, there being multiple shooters, gates locked that people couldn't escape through the car, uh, escape the carnage, and too many other obvious questions, such as shootings occurring in the casinos not within the range of Paddock's hotel rooms window. What remains is why are so many details about the event being covered up, and even more was Stephen Paddock really just a scapegoat for an even more sinister event? Would the media failed to even to I think it means even, but what the media fails to even mention was at the time of the Las Vegas massacre, the highly controversial crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Muhammad bin Salman was in a resort at the same time as the shootings took place and is alleged to have been seen in a video being ushered out to escape what may have been an assassination attempt, which is this video here where these guys, some people say they're swapped. They're all carrying different guns and wearing different stuff. They look like some type of bodyguard detail more than any real law enforcement to validate. This theory is that, uh, and this is at the Tropicana, by the way, uh, to validate the theory that all all one has to do is look at what happened shortly after the crown prince returned to Saudi Arabia as he executed the arrests and possibly even killing dozens, if not hundreds of princes and officials in what the government claimed was a massive sweep to stop corruption. Saudi Arabia's young crown prince Mohammed bin Salman has taken his riskiest gamble yet with the stunning arrest of top princes, military officials, government official, officials and influential businessmen in the kingdom because this whole thing from the independent and it says, in the end, we may never learn the full story behind why a lone gunman supposedly snapped and began shooting hundreds of random people at a concert outside of the hotel. Okay, so anyway, the theory is that they were specifically trying to target Salman, that okay. the gun deal was set up by Stephen Paddock, a gun runner for the FBI. And when they figured it out, there's two theories here. One theory is that they figured it out and killed, killed Paddock. Mm-hmm. And then they had to stage mass shootings all over the place to try to get him swept up in it. Muhammad was out on the town dressed as like a normal person and they were having a hard time finding him. That's why there's shootings everywhere. Um, also, the four top floors of the Mandalay Bay Casino are owned by Prince Salman, which is pretty interesting. That's actually the four seasons. So even though it's one building, the top four floors, the floors above Stephen Paddock are completely owned by the Saudi prince. Yeah, there's another theory that goes into the fact that they think that Ivanka uh, Trump was there and that um, uh, her husband, not, not, not her husband, one of the other Trumps was there. Don Jr. Maybe was in Vegas at the time, even though there's no evidence of this and that they were chilling with Bill, uh, with Solomon and they were trying to kill the Saudi prince and the Trump. My point is it's it's kind of wild. It is kind of wild. I, I don't buy into this because there's too much here that they're they're actually yeah. taking for granted that the prince was there, which there's no evidence that he was either. Gotcha. Um, some people just say it that he was because they didn't know where he was at the time. It's one of those explanations that you kind of backfill to try to explain something, but it, it doesn't. The more I looked into it, the more true. there was just holes and holes and holes where it's like it could be true, but only if a lot of things that we can't confirm fell into place in a weird way and they botched it really badly and just ended up shooting like hundreds of people to try to kill one prince that was on the other. I don't know. I'm yeah, that I'm not super bought into this one. I think the ISIS one is actually more plausible than the Saudi prince angle, but I will tell you what worked because here's the thing. You know what they say about 
mass shootings. Whenever somebody's like, it's a false flag, they're going after guns. They're trying to, they're, they're using MK ultra sleeper agents to, to kill enough people to get you to give up your guns. And the, the response to that is always, but it doesn't work. We didn't give up our guns, but in this case we did hmm. no for real. In this case, the, the gun control aspect of this worked way too well. So check out this article here. It says after Las Vegas massacre, GOP backs off of two gun bills that were likely to pass. These gun bills were the share act, which was going to make it easier to buy silencers that stopped because they felt bad about the Vegas shooting. There was also the concealed carry reciprocity act, which would have made it so that everyone who has a concealed carry license could carry in every state, including California and Chicago, Illinois, Chicago, wherever DC, because the, the whole point of the, you know, second amendment is not that it ends at state borders. It's a federal thing. Right. And the concealed carry reciprocity act and the share act for silencers was both completely shit canned based off of this shooting alone and bump stocks, which were the feature of this, even though it's very clear that this was not done by guns with bump stocks were banned in March of 2019 based solely off of this shooting. Wow. The other, the other, the other part that I think they tried to get is that Lombardo was both saying he was going to die in a, a blaze of glory, but he also really needed to get to his getaway car because the getaway car was important because it had Tannerite in it and oh. it was, you know, Tannerite. It's an explosive and we got to like ban Tannerite and I, that just that part of the story never sold, hmm. but I do very specifically remember 2017 and early 2018 Tannerite being a topic of discussion of whether they should ban it or not. For people who don't know what Tannerite is, it's this little cans of uh an explosive essentially that you can get, but it only blows up when you shoot around that travels fast enough through it. So they're just kind of fun. Like you can put them in. I don't know, I've done it before. You like put them in a watermelon and you blow right. a watermelon up and stuff like that. Right. They tried. They really tried in 2017 and 2018 to get rid of Tannerite. They did get rid of bump stocks. They did stop the share act and they did get rid of concealed carry reciprocity. So if I've ever seen a mass shooting that worked for gun control, it's this one. And it's also the one that once they got what they wanted, they shut the hell up about it and covered it up forever. It's it's also a different type of fighting against gun control, right? Cuz normally you you would fight for gun control. Normally it seems like there there's a <clears throat> there's a shooting and then they're like let's ban this thing. And instead instead yes, they ban bump stocks. So that part sure, but it's shutting down bills for the first time them. for the first time in my lifetime the GOP was proactive on gun rights. Yeah, the only time I can think of where they weren't just like, well, take away our rights slowly, but like, yeah. don't take them away quickly. Ronald Reagan uh, and, and even Trump with the bump stock ban and, and all these Republicans that are just like, yeah, the, the NRA was part of the bump stock ban, by the way. They've always been selling us down the river as gun owners, and they've always been like, well, if we do it slow enough, you know, the left wants to do it fast. Right. We just want to do it. Slow. We just want to strip your rights away slowly. This is the first and maybe only time in my lifetime where they said, actually, we're going to go on the offense. We're going to get silencer laws. We're going to get uh, concealed carry reciprocity and things like that. And the shooting stopped it because the GOP was too weak need to say this. This is not to stick up to their, to stick up for their 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 beliefs and their rights. Is my point. Um, but yeah, it's a totally different one because you're right. The GOP was on the offense instead of the defense this time and they stopped them. That's there's so many, like you could go so many different directions and there's enough evidence to like a little bit support the theory, right? I got one more, got one more. 
Uh, and this is just an overall control nanny state idea. So you remember that 4chan article that I read earlier where the guy said that they're going to use um, uh, backscatter machines and stuff like that. They're going to start putting them in hotels and stuff like that. that was the point of the shooting. He said there's a shooting coming up in Vegas and, uh, soon. It could be tomorrow. It could yeah. be anytime soon. Three weeks later, a shooting happens. He says it's going to be a high casualty event and that it's going to have involved the Chertoff group. Well, Michael Chertoff was Bush's former secretary of Homeland Security. Of course he was. He was also the co-sponsor of the Patriot Act. When I said this thing reminds what me of 9-11, this thing reminds fuck? me of 9-11. Sheesh. The Chertoff group that he owns is also the biggest producer of backscatter machines. For people don't know what that is, it's the x-ray machines you walk through at an airport. Oh. The attempt hmm. was made directly following this shooting to get backscatter machines, metal detectors placed in the entryway of every single casino in Vegas. The, 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 the 4chan post said that it was going to start in Vegas and then it was going to come to schools and it was going to come to everywhere. Ooh. And on October 3rd, on October 3rd, uh, let me pull up this article. The Wynn Casino in Las Vegas began checking bags with metal detectors and they started buying backscatter machines from the Chertoff group. Of course they did. Now, ultimately, this failed. They sold a bunch of backscatter machines, and then people realized they don't want to get radiation through from x-rays every time they walk into a freaking casino. Right. But Michael Chertoff and his group made bank off of this. Bet. So, there's a lot of theories. So, what you're telling me is that this l- looks like a duck, and it quacks like a duck, and some people who are involved in the other duck are also involved in this duck. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> there was also two bonus things that the deep state got out of this. Oh, uh, one of them was YouTube censorship. Um, now, I I know we all think that everything's been the way it's been for a long time because we're so used to it. Yeah. But if you think back, it really was the 2016 election where fake news became a thing and the crackdown right. on fake news became a real issue for the first time in a very public and open way. Right. Like there was always censorship, but it wasn't like this. Well, according to articles at the time, this is comes from Friday, October 6th, uh, 2017. This is the first time that YouTube stopped allowing. This is the last, sorry. This is the last time that YouTube allowed a non official, AKA CNN, Fox news, MSNBC news story to trend on YouTube. Oh, it's wow. never ever happened since this you in this, this article from the independent.co.uk says YouTube is trying to stop people seeing Las Vegas conspiracy theories. The company changes algorithm in the wake of the shooting report claims. YouTube wow. has never ever been the same since this. They have never let things trend that are not official narratives <sighs> since this. Holy crap. Yeah. That's an even bigger win than everything else long term. Mm-hmm. It really is. To start that precedent of shutting down speech on a platform. Yeah. yeah. And everybody at the time, Ooh, again, I was listening to a lot of news from the time, like through podcasts because it's scrubbed on the internet. And they were all saying, man, this is YouTube has completely changed. They're, they're saying this and that. They're doing this and that based on the shooting. And they're not they're, They said they're never going to let anything trend on the front page again. That is not official. When wow. it comes to breaking news stories, Jeez. bonus bonus for the Vegas PD. They also stole like $32 million from a GoFundMe. Of course, uh, they, did. Of course they did. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, 
It's not funny, but it, yeah, it's yeah, just we're not surprising. Yeah, we're definitely going to lose our YouTube account over this one. Like, <sighs> Probably. I'm calling it right now. We're not, we're not going to get a strike. It's just going to go down, like completely down. I forgot to shut off YouTube. After this, we're going to be shutting off YouTube and going over and we'll talking to you guys because I've been yeah. seeing the chat and I've been trying to get through this because it's a little long. But pro, uh, protest planned for Governor Mike, or is it Mike, for Governor Sislak at Route 91 Las Vegas shooting memorial for missing victims GoFundMe money. If you scroll down here, it says three years after the Route 91, uh, three years later, Route 91 victims are still questioning where the money was sent. Sislak promised the money would be audited and a clear cut presentation would be shown as to where that money went. We see that some of the money made it to a scholarship, about $12,000 of the $33 million raised was paid out. In 2018, an announcement was made that checks would be stopped. Sislax fund claim it never intended to directly give money to survivors and about $30 million of that money is still unaccounted for and no audit was performed and the original website was shut down. So the governor of Vegas and the police in Vegas who have perpetrated at least the cover up took $33 million of concerned people's money and never gave it to a single victim and they got away with it. Wow. And you wonder why I don't want to give money to a lot of things <laughs> like I'm very Holy careful about the charities I give crap. to because this is too common. I, 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 I believe in personal charity. I, I just I've gotten to the point where I don't even want to give charity to, to organizations anymore unless I can like really count on them because even GoFundMe who supposedly right. will shut you down at the slightest indication that you're not supposed to do. You're not doing with the money what you're supposed to can right. steal thirty three million dollars from people. And give it to a corrupt governor in, in Vegas. Just insane stuff. So, <laughs> the, I think the thing that's the hardest about this whole thing is the is the helicopters. Like yeah. explaining who has access to helicopters. Well, that makes me wonder about the Sundance thing because these helicopters land back at this place and start right. shooting people who are around. Right. Did they kill and steal helicopters and that was covered up because there are helicopters in Vegas. You can rent that will go out to the desert and let right. you shoot at targets with M two four nine machine gun belt fed machine guns. Oh, they shit. have they have the belt fed machine guns. <laughs> they have the helicopters with the mounts for the belt fed machine guns that will go out into the desert and let you shoot at targets in the desert. If someone killed and stole those helicopters, they have everything they need for this. Jeez. And maybe they have M240 Bravos because we don't have to get into it. But like the 762, there's reports of shell casings of 762 and bullet wounds of 762. So and sounds like, again, I want to get into the sounds because everybody will have a different opinion on it. But you can yeah. definitely tell some of it's not what they say it is for Got sure. Got it. So, yeah. And well, it was ISIS that stole the helicopters. Did the government co-opt them? I don't know. But that's my theory is that and I didn't look into Sundance if they're the ones that do it. But there is a, a a company in Vegas that does that with helicopters, so they might not be related, but it still could be the thing. I don't know. Uh, there are so many theories I want to like bounce around, but mm -hmm. do we want to just go to rumble with them all? Let's or? go to rumble and read some chats and go over theories. Cause like I said, guys, I just don't have a freaking clue on like what to make of it. It's I've got so chaotic. All I know is that we were told lies and that there was many shootings that night and many shooters. I'm very convinced of that. Right. Uh, I still have, theories about paddock when he died, but yeah. how much he shot, but you know, was he a complete patsy? Was he MK ultra? I don't know, but thank you guys so much for coming out and watching this episode uh, live. If you're listening to this later, please come over, follow us on rumble. We're going to be shutting off YouTube here in a second. 
Uh, you guys can also come over to conspiracypill.locals.com or over on the rockfin.com slash conspiracypilled because we're going to be talking about wars and rumors. Appreciate you guys for being here. See you over Rumble in just a second. God bless.